I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm. There is so much pain, and I, I don't know how to not notice it. You must be upset. Are you upset? No. No, so you just don't give a shit about any of this? I do give a so shit about this. Are you upset? Yes or fucking no? Yes, you are upset. Yeah. Say it. I'm upset. Say it so the whole band can hear you. I'm upset. Louder! I'm upset. Louder! I'm upset! I didn't think it would end this way. End? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path. One that we almost take. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 100 of the Best Thing We've Seen podcast. My name is Flo. And I'm Gabe. How are you? I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. It's weird to, to, to think about this might be the last time I'll be saying that in front of a microphone, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It, it won't just <laughs> might be the last time. Uh, I mean, for the foreseeable future, it will be, unfortunately. It will be. Because, I mean, maybe uh, yeah. as a joke on Discord, but... Um, okay. <laughs> That's how you introduce at every job interview. <laughs> <laughs> just come bursting through the door like, um, what's his name? Christ. This is a movie podcast, but I still can't Christ remember the most basic... Through the door? Oh. No, no, no. Uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Oh, And yeah. I'm Gabe. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm fine. It, it, it feels weird to record this now because I kind of felt like the last episode felt so final and now we're actually here doing it for the very last time now. That, yeah, it just feels weird. How about yeah. you? I mean, uh, if, if, you, if you haven't listened to, the, uh, to episode 99 yet, this mm. might be a bit confusing, but um, this is uh, the final episode of our uh, little show here. We wanted to sort of... Um, go out uh, with a momentous topic and have fun. <laughs> and I feel the same way. I feel like last episode was kind of like, you know, uh, like ripping off the Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. And now you can, we can just like have a regular special, <laughs> a regular special episode. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, 100 episodes, uh, just about two years, uh, mm -hmm. almost to the date uh, when this comes out. Um, yeah, I mean, what a journey it's been. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, um, what are some of the reasons we're, we're, we're stopping? I mean, uh, obviously, uh, 100 episodes, which basically means 100 weekends uh, <laughs> to record, to watch stuff for the show, to edit, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, when we said that last week, it was uh, something that I think we both actually enjoyed doing, but it was still uh, a lot of time. You know, it took, it took a lot of time uh, away from doing other things yeah but um yeah and obviously maybe the hope was that we we can sort of burst out of our little bubble <laughs> which and I, I gotta be honest like after 100 weeks i'm still very proud and and honored of the amount of people who are listening to this on a regular episode uh, on a regular basis sorry um but um and especially like 
all of the messages that we received and when we dropped the news last week um we'll give a shout out to all of you at the end of the episode <laughs> a special thank you but um yes it was really heartwarming and um so in no way that means that we don't sort of appreciate the audience that we have but maybe one reason for us not not continuing is also the fact that you know we the hope was maybe to to gain a little bit um more listeners uh, than mm -hmm. we managed to do but um you know it's it's a struggle it's a struggle and i i understand yeah. it too i mean we're like one of them a million or uh, i don't know how many uh, podcasts <laughs> out there and uh, you know yeah we didn't pick up the momentum we we hope we would but it's fine i mean yeah it is one of the reasons why we quit it's not like you know this isn't going anywhere let's just fuck it but yeah, like you said, it, it takes away a lot of time, and uh, there's so many other things that we would love to do, and yeah, just to watch movies that we actually want to watch, not just because they're new and we have to watch something. Not that we didn't enjoy it. There's so many cool things that we got to see because of that. Um, but yeah, it just it's nice to 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 think that we might have a bit more time on our hands on our weekends. But I, to be honest, I'm still gonna be sad, and it's still gonna feel weird yeah. uh, on a weekend to not do this yeah but i mean we were gonna have time for our cooking podcast right <laughs> dude was that a spoiler was that <laughs> uh, dude i it is the last episode i hoped i could end the episode with and i made da 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 and it was amazing didn't cook shit this week you um, didn't cook shit this week. <laughs> <laughs> i think i had mcdonald's last night which, wow oh, sorry wow. or the light night before last night i enjoyed it thoroughly um, but apart from that, <laughs> what did you have as a as a vegetarian there? What, what's the? Or did you like McClans go all out burger? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> fuck everything. Yeah, My fuck life everything. is in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Like the Mac plant burger, which sure, is sure. vegetarian with uh, fries, and I dipped the fries in a milkshake. The, the most American right. way I can think of to honor Daniel Day Lewis and Paul Thomas Except, Anderson films. Of yeah. course, that's yeah. that's what I meant by that. Sure. With, with, with that statement, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cook something come on did you pick up the slack for me uh well i i cooked uh so, well yeah i um uh, i heated up a lot of frozen food oh, okay. like home cooked frozen food you know okay that's provided okay. by uh my lovely mother you know <laughs> shout out shout out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no but other than that you know uh i'm more of a um uh, like a, I, I do very um uh, i make great um uh, uh, pasta Sure. Also that, but uh, I want to say ham and eggs, but it's just the eggs. Sunny side up eggs, you know? Oh, yeah. Dude, Cooking I love some great eggs. breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I got this great nonstick pan. It's great. Ah, dude. I got to say, breakfast has become one of my favorite meals of the day. I yeah. never used to eat breakfast until, I don't know, a couple of years ago, but now I can't stop I really eating like so many eggs. About it. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. I still hate it. It's my least favorite really. meal of the day, yes. But uh, if I, it's, so, it's, it's more like a, um, a brunch for me, like eggs, whatever, you know? What an interesting topic this has been so far. <laughs> Episode 100 of the best thing we've seen Dude, podcast. I could talk about breakfast for an hour. So. That's what I'm saying. The cooking show is coming up. The cooking show is coming up. <laughs> um, right. Um, let's talk about all of the semantics um, after the show. Mm -hmm. Let's dive into our final special episode of, um, of the best thing we've seen podcast, which mm -hmm. you've heard it in the intro, which I have no idea what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, but um, you've seen it in the title, obviously, and it is something that I'm sure many of you have guessed. It is also a topic that um, longtime listener Leon, he uh, 
he like it, I think it was like a year ago. He was like, it would be, wouldn't it be fun to do like a special, um, like the best thing we've ever seen uh, on yeah. episode 100? And we had that planned. Um, like we, we were right there with him. You know, that was also on our minds. Uh, even when we, even if we didn't, even if this wasn't the last episode, you know, we were mm. still gonna uh, do this with uh, episode 100 because it is a mammoth of a topic. It is impossible. If you ask anybody what's your favorite film, they're gonna be like, that's impossible. How impossible is it going to be to rate or to rank sort of the ten best things we've ever seen? It is, um, yeah, it's it's uh, take this with a grain of salt. Yeah, I gotta say, I found putting this list together quite easy, to be honest, except for maybe the last couple of picks because I wasn't sure, you know, what deserves to be on it and what doesn't. But the 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 most important things to me, I put on there, and I gotta just as a disclaimer, just gotta put it out there. These are not the best movies that I've ever seen, but these are my favorite things in a way. Oh, interesting. Uh, because it's, it's hard to, you know, to to quantify what is the best in a way, but I can say what kind of meant the most to me when I watched it, which, I don't know, influenced me the most when I saw it. And that's why it's on there, because otherwise it would be just, I don't know, the 10 uh, Kubrick movies that he made. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. Yeah. That's interesting. I took a different approach because I literally mm. went, uh, I, I wanted to sort of go by the best things that I've seen and not my favorites because oh, okay, maybe for, for some variety as well, because I talked about my favorites uh, quite a few times, even though I'm get, we're going to talk about a lot of things that we've talked mm. about before. But um, I, um, I went more along the lines of the best things that I've seen rather than the favorites. And I'll, I'll talk about, oh, like, interesting, you're going to, yeah. for example, you're going to think of one film that's going to be on my list. And I excluded that because I know it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but it is my favorite thing, you know. Okay. Well, that's yeah. interesting. We yeah. went quite different routes. But I mean, I still got some very just amazing movies that I just think are also one of the best movies ever made. And shows, I assume, right? And maybe, shows, maybe. maybe. YouTube maybe. videos. <laughs> uh, may I, I want to make the joke as well. Uh, if you have a YouTube video on there, I, I got to applaud you. I've been like spending the last week, uh, I discovered mm. a a uh, YouTube channel or uh, I discovered him like through Twitter or whatever a guy called Matthew Friend and this is the last mm-hmm. like regular shout out I want to make because I can't do it next week <laughs> this would be my pick for best thing I've seen all week the dude is an impressionist Matthew Friend he's incredible his dream is to be on SNL he's like 22 years old just look him up on YouTube Matthew Friend <laughs> incredible guy I talked about like James Austin what was his name James Austin Johnson um, last Johnson, week yeah yeah um, yeah, and I, I just love impressionists, but uh, yeah, dude, Matthew Friend is really right up there. A friend as in, you know, someone's best friend? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, he did, like, I've been laughing nonstop of his, about his like Tim Cook impression, the CEO of Apple. It's mm-hmm. just phenomenal. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, yes, 10 best things we've ever seen. Yeah. You found this easy. Well... I always knew what some of my favorite things are. Yeah. And those are the things, if somebody asked me what is like the your favorite movie or whatever, those are like the go-to things. Sure. And the things that I have most rewatched probably, and I can always go back to. And if you tell me, I don't know, you want to watch that this or that movie tonight, I'm going to be right there with you because I can't get enough of them. Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Do you, do you think we're going to have a lot of uh, similarities? I don't, uh, well, I don't think so. Looking at my list, I don't think so. Uh, there's nothing on there that I think you would put on your list, but we'll yeah. see. I don't think so either, <laughs> but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I'm going to assume it's mostly movies, but we'll see. Yeah, um, maybe not, maybe not. 
okay, okay, okay. But you told me before as well, like even you, you mentioned it now with it, it would be just cubic for you. But I think, I don't know if you still um, did it that way, but like you would have a lot of Studio Ghibli films on there as well. Maybe you just limited it to one. I took the franchise rule or like direct, well, director rule in a way. Like if there are too many things that are either similar or it's like sequels or whatever, I just put the whole thing down instead right. of talking about, I don't know, three of the eight Harry Potter movies or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, let's dive in, right? Yeah. I'm um, going to do my pitch one last time just for yes. fucking the hell of it. So welcome back to the very last special episode. Thank you so much for sticking around and making it through to episode 100. Here we're going to talk about like we just mentioned, the best thing that we've ever seen, anything from a movie show to a maybe even a, a YouTube video. And we're going to do this in the form of a top 10 list. We're going to count down to the best thing that we've ever seen, I suppose. Yes. Which is weird to say, to quantify something, or say that is the very best thing. Uh, but we're going to try our best. And we, like we said, it's going to be in the form of a top 10 list. And if I have something on my number nine and Flo has it on this number four, we might postpone the discussion or otherwise we might talk about it then there. Um, but I doubt that this will be the case in this episode, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, we, we have to sort of like um, be aware of the fact that I think we could talk about each one of those picks for like 20 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for it to not become a, like a four-hour episode, um, you know, we got we to gotta, uh, be aware of that. But um, also like a couple of things we've already talked about. So I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, and it's your turn to start, right? It's my turn to start. It feels like, you know, it feels uh, weird. Uh, I feel like we've... Uh, what What else did we forget to mention? What else? It feels weird to just dive into this. But um, I'm sure. Have we said so everything we want to forgot. say? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about We got the, about yeah. over an hour time to think of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case we forgot. <laughs> All right. Um, so Strap it. My number 10 was the... Um, I changed that last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that you know I, I i kind of agree with you it's sort of everything else fell into place mm-hmm. so it, it, there have been tougher lists to put together but it still feels weird to sort of say these are the 10 best things i've ever seen yeah but um anyway i changed this last minute and i think this might be a surprise to you let's go um my number 10 <laughs> uh, is the martian wow yeah even if you like say it's actually the best things that you watch, like kind of objectively speaking, wow! I mean, it's an amazing movie, but well, it's subjectively sure. speaking, yeah, sure, yeah. But also, yeah, I mean, it is an amazing movie, and I remember when we watched it with a hell of a time. Nice, okay. I think it was. I think it was mainly the. I remember it well, and the thing is, I, I had very to. I had little to no expectations really. Um, mm-hmm. It was at a point in my sort of movie-going life where um, I was familiar with Ridley Scott, but I hadn't mm-hmm. seen as many films that I, as I have now. And it was um, I was a fan of Matt Damon, and uh, I remember the trailer looked a bit, like, generic. I remember Jeff Daniels as the NASA guy sort of, like, explaining everything that happened, and we got to get Mark Watney back from Mars. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we need to talk about plot here. <laughs> but when we saw this together, um, I was just blown away by this film. It obviously made the top 10 list of... Um, it was it was my number one on the Matt Damon special. Mm-hmm. And it feels good to talk about it now because the Matt Damon special was a bit uh, late and uh, you know <laughs> not our finest moment. So we can maybe now talk about it a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but I, I loved it for um, 
the sci-fi elements of it. I thought it looked very, it looked beautiful. I loved uh, Matt Damon's performance and what really sold me and what really sort of elevated it above anything else I'd seen that year was the humor. And I told you this many times and I think you agree there as well. This is one of the funniest films I think I've seen. And it's not that slapstick kind of humor. Mm-hmm. It is situational humor. There's this guy stranded alone on, on Mars and he's got a signs the shit out of it to get back on uh, to get back to earth and it's that sort of like uh, attitude that happy-go-lucky attitude of like well i'm in a shit space here i'm in a shit uh, <laughs> literally uh but we gotta i gotta make the most of it you know and uh, he's gonna colonize it you know he's the botanist on mars and he colonizes the planet he's a space pirate or whatever i loved uh, his sort of um ambition and attitude towards the whole situation and um Made me laugh out loud multiple times, and Matt Damon's performance towards the end, when it when it gets emotional, and uh, when the the team uh, obviously stellar cast with Jessica Chastain and mm-hmm. Michael Pena and Sebastian Stan, Catherine, uh, Kate Mara, and you know so many, too many to mention. Sean really. Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean, who I don't think dies in this film. Uh, Jeff <laughs> would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just off the credits scene of him getting leukemia. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> keep it light, keep it light. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chuta, for, yeah, we could go on. Um, but yeah, I loved the, the, the whole, like, um, the last 20 minutes of, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil that necessarily now, but um, really worked, on, worked for me on a complete, uh, like, from, from start to finish. And I've rewatched it multiple times since, the extended cut, and uh, it's great. Yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I'm surprised that it is your pick, but I completely get it. And, you know, now that we have time, now that this is officially the last episode, I gotta put something straight. Retroactively, I would also like to pick The Martian as my favorite Matt Damon movie. <laughs> I remember picking the, the Departed, but this is more really his movie, and he shines here so much. Like you said, the, uh, towards the end, some very also emotional scenes, but from all the approaches the director could have taken, uh, making it so funny with uh, Matt Damon uh, in this situational com- uh, humor comedy that you just described yeah it just worked so fucking well and i think yeah is it's shame that he didn't win actually an oscar i i remember we i had us looking at each other when this film was over and just yeah uh saying you know i think this is the best thing that i've seen all year and i think that year was the first time we made a best of the year list and it was our number one yeah this was towards the beginning of of our movie going yeah journey like 2016 15, 2015 maybe? like back end of 2015 maybe mm. um yeah uh yeah i agree matt damon is just uh, i i i love the dude and I, I with the whole 10 picks that i have it i i went about doing it like in terms of like best things not favorite but it's still mm. 10 things that i i could grab off of the shelf and rewatch at any time you know yeah, yeah even though you could argue that the favorite films or things sort of apply to that more the ones you could <laughs> just watch over and over and over again mm-hmm. Um, but all of my picks now as well, it's just like things that I could just rewatch and they're always good and they never get boring. And The Martian is certainly one of them. And I keep wanting to go back to it, you know? Yeah. And I, I think we both got the, the extended limited edition something card, which you, I think, ordered and told me about. And then I ordered yeah. as well with some deleted scenes in there. The yeah. director's cut. Even yeah, yeah. better. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if I would say that, but uh, I mean, I think they're both sort of. I, I understood why they took. Why they, it's already a long film, really? you know. Yeah, I think they worked still. I, oh, sure. I, although I, I, I wasn't even aware which were the director's cutscenes at some points. 
which okay. is even better. You know, I, f- I felt they were so smoothly uh, put in there. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, so many great scenes. Like the whole, him, <laughs> him like singing, him like with the right. plutonium at the back, singing hot stuff. <laughs> uh, just great. Just great. Uh, really such a terrific feel good sort of um, hopeful film. Uh, really great. Obviously based on a book. Um, yeah. And uh, I think, um, uh, fuck, what's the guy's name who adapted it? Um, no, fuck Drew. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> You're on your own, dude. It's the uh, guy, uh, Drew, Drew Goddard. 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 The guy who did Cabin in the Woods. He wrote that. He wrote right. The Martian. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no so, idea. Cool. Yeah, good filmmaker. What's your 10? My number 10 is a movie that's just objectively good, I think. But How dare you? Might be... What are you trying to say here? What are you trying to say <laughs> No, here? no, 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 no. Uh, but it might be one of the more uh, controversial movies of that director, and it's Clockwork Orange, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, uh, Stanley Kubrick wow. movie. You would put this above The Shining? I would put this above The Shining. Wow. And I love The Shining, but I think Clockwork Orange was one of the first Kubrick films that I saw. I think it was, maybe the very first was uh, Full Metal Jacket. That's probably my um, favorite. Yeah, Full Metal yeah, Jacket. I think, I think so. it's amazing. But uh, Clockwork Orange, uh, I think I saw this when I was like 15, 16, and it just changed the way I, I looked at movies and just made me discover Kubrick for myself. And it's, it's such a weird movie. It's not, it is by a classic director, but it's such a weird abstract movie of, I think most people know it. I don't know if most people have seen it, but have seen at least the costumes and those. The gang that uh, is in the leading role played by Malcolm McDowell in the leading role. Um, and it takes some very harsh turns. And I mean, it is, it puts the villain in the in the leading role, which I think is also one of my favorite parts of this movie. Because there's so many times when uh, they try to make a movie about the villain of the movie, if it's Joker or whatever. Yeah. And pretty much every time they fall into the same trap and kind of make him into a good person. Maybe not with Joker, but so many other movies and uh, shows where they try to center on the the antagonists or the anti-heroes they make try to make them somehow likable for the audience and this movie just is based on the life of an absolute bastard <laughs> and it just takes you from hating him to uh, pitying him but never liking him and I think that is one of the coolest parts of this movie and also just the aesthetic of the yeah. whole uh, movie the costumes and this uh, dystopian city that just looks like normal day uh, London I, I I suppose but uh, it just makes you want to look at way at times because it's just so terrible what the people do there but it just keeps you hooked and that's I think what I love most about this movie. Yeah it's a great pick um, and I think Kubrick in general I discovered him late in life mm-hmm. as well which makes me sound much older than I am <laughs> but um, he's really he's uh, unfortunately and this is going to be a theme throughout the whole show. There's mm-hmm. going to be so many omissions. Like, because sure. you can only pick 10. I unfortunately couldn't um, fit a Kubrick film on my list, even though so many of his would be a valid pick. Um, and I remember discovering a Clockwork Orange. Um, and yeah, it's just Kubrick is just such a. He is one of the most famous and uh, beloved mm-hmm. filmmakers, even though obviously the stories about him being kind of like a tyrant as well. <laughs> but his films yeah. are really, really special. They are just special and great. And um, Clockwork Orange is definitely one of the best. And I remember just um, so many scenes are burned into my mind. And 
one of my favorite running gags um i discovered like a friend of mine showed me the film mm-hmm. and uh we had a, th- a running gag going basically till this day which is i think it's his lawyer alex's lawyer mm-hmm. who just goes like yes <laughs> every time and then we, we just you know that's if we have to say yes to each other or if we have to sort of be affirmative to each other we go we go yes <laughs> dude that's also one of my favorite scenes in this movie yeah. this very weird uh, yeah maybe his lawyer or like a, a kid psychologist who just also keeps touching a stick for some reason <laughs> <laughs> just going, yeah. well that's why he's saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love that yeah. Uh, but yeah you're right there's so many great movies of his and I think I've mentioned this before also he t- has tackled pretty much every genre yeah. and I think he has put one of the best entries into each of these genres if it's war movies with film metal jacket uh, sci-fi with once uh with a 2001 a space odyssey with the shining as a horror movie with dr strange love as a comedy satire um, yeah yeah he's nailed pretty much every genre you're right war drama with um uh what's the one called the great um film. path of glory path of glory yes uh period movie you got uh barry linton yeah, which barry was linton. surprisingly amazing uh and you also got, uh, what's the last one I'm thinking of? You got one of the greatest thrillers or just erotic thrillers, I suppose, with yeah. Ice White Shut. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Absolutely. Right. Um, so that's my number 10. What is your number nine? Uh, my number nine, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is the right placement for it, but um, fuck it. My number nine is <laughs> The Office. <laughs> wow. I just started rewatching it. Uh, yeah. Sure. Dude, love it. And I am talking about the US version here. And, okay, um, sure, sure. Well, saying sure is a bit controversial here because I feel like the diehard fans are sort of like, well, the, 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 um, the originalists, mm-hmm. they're obviously going back to the Ricky Gervais uh, UK version. Right. Which is, you know, a valid point. Um, <laughs> but um, I sort of, uh, I tried to um, watch the British version multiple times, even though there's only okay. like 12 episodes or whatever. And I never really got into it. Um, maybe that's because I sort of uh, watched the whole American version at that time already. And then it was sort of like weird to connect to the other version. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Steve Carell, uh, we could have easily done a special on him because he is <laughs> in my top three actors working today. Free. Wow, I, I so, knew yeah. you loved him, but free, wow, okay. Sure. I just feel like he's so underappreciated in terms of being a dramatic actor. He's obviously known for his mm. comic uh, abilities, comedic abilities, but um, whenever he sort of takes a dramatic turn, which he doesn't in the office. Well, actually, well, if you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some emotional elements and he's definitely mm-hmm. as this unlikable slash lovable boss. Um, and they, they sort of, I think the first season is closer to the uh, UK version where he's like really just total cringe. And from mm-hmm. season two onwards, it's he's becoming more and more likable. Yeah, I read somewhere that's due to the forty-year-old virgin, right? What now? Uh, that he became more likable because I, he did that movie with Judd Apatow, right? And I think they yep. they talked about his role in uh, the Office and how they could make him more likable, more like this character on the forty-year-old virgin, uh, because he didn't seem as popular a character. Yeah, in season one. And it really turned the show around. I just started rewatching it, and I'm, I think it's season four now. And it really gets going from that point on, and he just becomes a way better character from then. Yeah. He's great. And the whole cast, I mean, they're all like um, phenomenal. Obviously, you got John Krasinski, who's mm-hmm. 
he's exploding right now. Well, he's like now obviously as a director really uh, shining and uh, mm-hmm. we could go through the whole cast. I'm not going to do that, but obviously Dwight Schrute, Rain Wilson, <laughs> what an iconic character. Yeah. Um, and it, for me, it's difficult uh, knowing we're going to do this list. You know, how do we summarize a show in, in, in five minutes or whatever? Um, when I think back on The Office, I just, my favorite scenes come to mind and mm-hmm. it is a very generic um, uh, pick for favorite scenes, but um, the whole like first aid scene where they have uh, the fire drill and where the first aid uh, lady comes in and teaches them how to um, uh, do chest compressions. Do you mm-hmm. remember that scene? I don't think so. Oh, Maybe? dude. That is, I've watched that I don't know how many times. And obviously, also special shout out to the bloopers of The Office. Who are, <laughs> they're, they're just phenomenal. Like all nine or ten. How many seasons? Ten? Nine, I think. Nine. They're all on YouTube. They're all just brilliant. Uh, with him like folding the, the, the TV into the wall, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the, you got to remember that, that first eight scene where um, I think it was Stanley who had a, it was definitely Stanley who had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And then the, after that, they sort of, uh, they bring in a lady who's teaching them how to um, do chest compressions and what to do in an emergency. And Dwight just goes like, it cuts open the doll and puts, it cuts a, a, off his face and puts it on and goes, hello, Clarice. <laughs> And uh, then Steve Carell goes in and he, wa- he wants to do chest compressions and she goes like, no, 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 you got to do it to the tune of staying alive. And he goes like, first I was afraid, I was petrified, <laughs> which is a completely wrong song. And then everyone else is sort of singing along with Andy sort of being the one who's like <laughs> totally feeling it. Um, what's the Mindy? What's her name in the um, Mindy Kaling? Is it also Mindy? Um, no, no, it's fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, She's the one with Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's fuck. her name? Kelly? No. Kelly, yeah. Kelly? She's just standing up and vibing to it. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rewatch that scene in Lord. Uh, it's the best thing. And I think it's also the same episode where uh, Jack Black is in the film with the mother from Malcolm in the Middle, where he's the one falling in love with her, like the, the older lady, because they're watching it in the break room. This fake film with Jack Black and the lady from Malcolm in the Middle. No idea. Oh, no you idea. gotta rewatch that. I think it's season uh, four or five. Just watch that whole episode. Okay. It's unbelievable. That's probably coming up. It's been a couple of years now since I saw The Office, I think. Yeah. Well, you must be coming up to it now. I think it's like a double yeah. episode. So two episodes back to back about that topic. It's phenomenal. And the whole show, it just completely worked. I loved all of the characters. I loved the, the way they changed sort of the, um, the character, the main character of Michael. Mm. Uh, in comparison to the UK version and throughout the whole show and uh, so uh, many great scenes and just fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I gotta say I never actually finished The Office. Um, So I think I'm missing the last two seasons. Uh, For obvious reasons, right? No, because of other reasons than you might think. Okay. But I I know what is going to happen. Um, But I I, I gotta say I I can understand why you might not relate to the UK version because yeah it it is really the characters that you fall in love with and to kind of see other people do that might not be as interesting because also just the flirting between Jim and Pam is one of the most well maybe not realistic but the most uh, in 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 uh, immersive uh, feeling you have like you feel like you're there you know that feeling of um, trying to talk to somebody and it's just you just root for them the whole way and it just yeah makes you fall in love with those characters right but the the UK version is also 
great from like i've seen yeah. like from the uk version like i've also watched the bloopers 25 25 times so i i know the show even though i haven't watched <laughs> it like from beginning to end but sure. obviously martin freeman plays jim mm-hmm. called tim so sure plays him you know what i mean he's basically the same character and dawn is his love interest and they have obviously the same relationship they're really great too um so you know i i haven't i don't want to say anything bad about the uk version i just happen to like the u.s version a little bit more sure yeah sure. Yep, there's yep, just yep. more time to fall in love. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Ricky Gervais only does like... Uh, but we also, you know, he's wrapping up Afterlife now after three seasons. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I am not a huge fan of shows being like 10 seasons long, even though in some cases it's great with The Office. But I like the fact that Ricky Gervais goes like, you, you got two seasons here who are excellent mm-hmm. and I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. I think he's done this pretty much with every yep. show now, right? Yep. Right. Nice. What's your okay. nine? Uh, my number nine is, I think my most uh the closest thing i'll get to a a, a can't think right now i'm too nervous it's <laughs> gonna happen to now? a uh, what's the word i'm looking for i just got so hung up on the office right now thinking about the office it is my the thing that you might be embarrassed to have as your pick a guilty what's pleasure a guilty pleasure thank you so much that took a long way a uh, long time for me to get to that point no it is my guilty pleasure pr- probably on this list and it shouldn't be above Clockwork Orange. It's just there because <laughs> I, I love this film and I don't know why. Okay. Um, my number nine is the perks of being a wallflower. I mean, sure. I, uh, <laughs> I remember now how much you love that film. Yes, but and I gotta say, I, I think it's a great film. It is a good movie, but I gotta say, Kubrick is my favorite director of all time. I think. Oh, that's a strong uh, statement. Haven't heard yeah. of that before. Yeah, From like you, I said, yeah. he just does just the best movies in pretty much every genre that's why uh but the perks of being a wallflower it just grabbed me and remember watching it for the first time when i was like 14 15 15 i think uh which was just a perfect time to watch it and i loved it and it's the kind of movie uh my girlfriend wanted to watch it with me and i wasn't a fan i was like okay this is like gonna be another cringy uh, teenage love movie right and it was so much more than that. And I think I ended up enjoying it way more than she did. And I've rewatched <laughs> it a couple of times since. And it just gets better for some reason. I mean, it's been some years now. So if I rewatch yeah. this now, it might be in my number 10 or it might fly off the list. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, it's a movie by Stephen Chopsky. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yes. He hasn't done much since, right? Wonder and... Which was good. Yeah, I liked which Wonder. Which was good, but yeah. not as good as yeah. this movie I would. In I my agree. opinion, at I least. Agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, it's more of a, a coming of age story. I think most people know this movie, but uh, it's also Emma Watson was in this. Uh, back Which then, was, was a reason very why much people watched this. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Myself um, included, yeah. <laughs> but it's still got other great actors. Uh, the first time, at least, that I saw those actors anywhere. I mean, Logan Lerman has done a couple of things since. Ezra Miller really broke out for a while. Yeah. And now he's just done DC lately, I think. I haven't seen much of him uh, since. But also uh, Melanie Linsky, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I think she's great in pretty much everything that I've seen her in. Yeah. She's so likable. Rose from um, Two and a Half Men, yep. But that's, yeah, it's that's it, the movie that I just identified with at that age. And I, like I said, it's been some years, but there's so many scenes that just make me kind of pretty much get up from my seat and just be in the moment. Like, first of all, of course, the David Bowie scene, one of the <laughs> most iconic scenes of that movie is probably the trailer scene as well 
Uh, but also the scene in the cafeteria where he finally kind of breaks. Um, it's just way darker than I thought it would be. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I honestly, I, I think it's a great, great film. And especially in that genre, it's one of the best. I mm-hmm. rewatched this two years ago. Right. Um, and I thoroughly what was enjoyed the occasion? it still. I don't remember. Just wanting to rewatch it, I guess. I think <laughs> I saw this in theaters once and then never since. So I just okay. wanted to give it another go. Uh, and I really, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Logan Lerman is great. He is yep. really great. Uh, obviously, this deals with a lot of heavy subjects, but um, heavy yeah. topics. But um, it's uh, and by doing that and sort of not um, doing the, the the generic sort of high school comedy and making fun of that, sort of really like mm-hmm. you know uh, di- dissecting bad things that can happen in life too, and sort of dealing with that, and obviously dealing with love and how much of a struggle that can be too and mm-hmm. uh, it, it 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 it's a it's amazing and i really i was surprised as to how much i enjoyed it the second time yeah dude i love that you actually like this movie as well yep i really do <laughs> i really do nice so what's your number eight my number eight let's stay with rom-coms okay <laughs> even though would you uh, say that the Perks, okay, of being okay. a wallflower, Perks of Being a Wallflower is a rom-com? No, right? It's more like a no, romance no, no, drama. No, no. It's yeah, a yeah, coming-of-age yeah. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so my eight is Love Actually. I thought you were going to say Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love is listed as my number 10, and I took that off for The Martian. That is literally right. my number 11. Nice, okay. And I wanted to put The Martian on because otherwise it would have been Crazy Stupid Love followed by... The Office, followed by Love Actually, which is a bit, uh, <laughs> right. you know, wanted to do some variety there, you know? Dude, yeah, I gotta be, I'm surprised that it is in your top 10. I knew you loved this movie, but yeah. Nice. Is it not in your list? It is not on my list. I just, uh, we talked about this obviously before as well with the mm-hmm. um, Christmas, Christmas special. yeah. Once again, so many scenes that are just iconic to me. And I mm-hmm. recently, just <laughs> me thinking about like, I love Hugh Grant. I really love Hugh Grant, and I don't think I ever loved, I've ever loved him more than in this film as the mm-hmm. prime minister. Him dancing and dancing down the stairs, <laughs> it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And it could have been so much more generic and worse, but it's the way he does it too. He fits it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And Richard Curtis, the way he wrote and directed this film, um, I loved it. We saw this together too. Um, mm-hmm. So the second film I saw with you, that's um, made the list in theaters. <laughs> um, I'm honored. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, once the same thing, I, was, I wasn't expecting too much, but then right from the beginning, like, and, and, and every, every storyline is great, whether it's Colin Firth uh, and the Portuguese cleaning lady, mm-hmm. whether it's um, the, the, the British guy who wants to go to America to get laid, <laughs> and he happens to, is in one bar and picks up the four most beautiful women. <laughs> which you know there could be issues with that yeah yeah yeah. but i just think it's i think it's funny yeah i think it's funny um <laughs> whether it's martin freeman being a, a stand-in for a porno set and just like grinding uh, on some random lady and falling in love with her which really didn't have to be in the movie but it works so it's well just <laughs> I, I just i just love it i just yeah love it. But also the emotional scenes of and Rickman's story, right, and Emma Thompson. Yeah. Oh, that's really the best. it hits Dude, you. That it, it that's the best scene of the film, and I think I said this on the Christmas special. Uh, mm-hmm. I echo Kit Harrington's words. I think he said that's the best acting he's ever seen. 
Mm-hmm. No, wait, I'm not going to say it's the best acting person. <laughs> but Emma Thompson's reaction to get her, to um, her Christmas present, sort of her right. going to the next room, and then sort of, um, you know, uh, picking herself back up to to uh, keep the kids happy and to sort of mm-hmm. pretend like nothing happened. It gives me chills, man. It, it's yeah. just so it's so well written. But obviously, Emma Thompson is the one who sort of performs it and just knocks it out of the park. So Alan Rickman, yeah, what a shame that he he um, he's not with us anymore uh, as well, like so many other great actors who went mm-hmm. too too soon uh what other scenes do we have in, in love actually obviously um uh did we cover the 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 biggest ones uh maybe not the the signs with what's his name oh, abraham no what's his name something Link- lincoln andrew lincoln lincoln andrew lincoln yeah yeah here Knightley. i think probably the most yeah. iconic scene at least for me which yeah. is like the 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 one uh, that gets the most homages to Absolutely, yeah. With Juatel Ejiofor, yeah. Also, mm. <laughs> you know, best trying to confess the love to your best friend's wife. A bit of a <laughs> interesting movie. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it just. I, I, this is just. I want to make it my tradition to watch this every Christmas. I don't because mm-hmm. I just I, I haven't sort of found the time or whatever for various reasons. But uh, every two years or so, I put this on, and I just. I, it just. It's a feel-good film, even though it, yeah. there's some sad scenes in it. But it's just, uh, oh, dude, obviously, um, um, uh, uh, um, Bill Nye as the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, his relationship with his manager. Just, What's the song again? Um, um, Christmas is all around you. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and he keeps messing it up. <laughs> uh, Love is all around you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is one, if not the best Christmas movie, uh, like we established. Yeah. I gotta say. It didn't work as much for me the second time. I still loved it, but the first time was just one hell of an experience. And I didn't think that I would love this movie half as much as I ended up loving it. Oh, dude. Liam Neeson with Mm, his kids. The son, yeah. Laura Linney with uh, her crush on Rodrigo from the Rodrigo Santoro. The guy, I think that's the actor's name. I can't remember. Ah, I completely forgot about that. So also fucking heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. And they, they danced to Nora Jones' Turn Me On. Which is a great song. I discovered that through the through that uh, scene in the film. Mm-hmm. Love playing that on the piano. It's got a great uh, chord progression. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we could go on. I mean, uh, right, yeah. love it, love it, love it, love it. What's your eight? My eight was maybe the one of the most influential franchises that shaped me as a kid, which was oh, maybe franchise is the wrong word, but it is Pitch the Perfect. Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so you never see Pitch Perfect going with the whole franchise. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But uh, all three movies in the trilogy. I'm not including The Hobbit. Right. Just I'm surprised here. this is not higher. Uh, it's so difficult. If I rewatch this, maybe I'd love it even more. Uh, and it's just, I haven't seen it in such a long time, but I want to have it on my list. And it is favorite things, but I guess it is also like best things that I've seen. And there are some other things that I think are just fucking amazing classics. That I think everybody should have seen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the Lord of the Rings. I remember watching it. I actually watched the third installment. Uh, first. Okay. Uh, not on purpose. My brothers watched it and I was like, "Okay, you can watch. Uh, you can watch this too." And I was like, "I don't five. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And maybe I was six or something. It's like, "Oh my god!" I can finally see the Lord of the Rings, and I loved it. I was so fucking afraid of Gollum though. After <laughs> that, I was yeah. uh, when the lights were out. I imagined him sitting in the corner. <laughs> yeah, insight into I, my I, psyche. I get it, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, but when they, they'd get a broke to seal in what I could watch when I was a kid, and I was like, okay, fuck it. You've seen her, uh, Love Drinks. Now you can see all, all of them. 
And I remember when I was a kid, I watched them pretty much every day. Every single day I put on another uh, Lord of the Rings or especially the second one. And I'd always fast forward to the to the fight scenes because, sure. you know, I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point that when I rewatched it and was like, I don't know, 14 or something, I didn't even remember a lot of the scenes because I kept skipping them when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is one hell of a story also if we watch uh, the behind the scenes, one of the best, if not the best behind the scenes um, to any movie except for maybe Heart of Darkness. Have you seen and that? I haven't, but I've heard great things. And it's on my watch list. Love- it's also on Amazon Prime. I love how you Not- shout it out as one of the best documentaries. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Everybody keeps saying it's one of the best ever. And there's so I heard the crazy story that uh, some of the crazy stories behind yeah. the movie. That's why I'm saying it. But Love of the Rings, uh, you can watch uh, the behind the scenes on YouTube, and there's so many stories told by the actors. Uh, it's just one hell of a ride. And you think that we actually went to New Zealand and filmed there for over a year. And it just there's so much love in there and people who actually like love and uh, respect the source material and i mean even the diehard fans were so happy with this and i mean it's it's a movie uh, sorry it's a book that's over six years old when this movie came out it's not even older now of course and people still loved it and i love the stories of them for example instead of going to the oscar after party went to a lot of the rings party afterwards yeah. and yeah, I think it's just one of the best examples of people uh, knowing what they're doing with source material that fans love, and it's it's a it it's just great movies. I mean, they're free movies; they're adaptations of a fantasy thing, which which you know could have gone over so many people's head, but just really popularized that genre again. I think, and I mean, picked up the, one of the most Oscar wins ever. At, I think tied with Titanic and whatever. Yeah, and yeah, have you read the books before, or obviously not before you saw it for the first time. Have you read them now? Uh, I'm listening to the audiobooks right, right. now. Uh, I started reading the first book, but I think I stopped like two thirds in, right, and then never picked it up again. And are you like a an extended version enthusiast? I've seen them once, and I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. Okay, I really get why they put the put the like uh, cut those scenes out. I mean, say, same with with you. What do you what do same with what you said with The Martian. The movies are already quite long. I mean, the, the third one is over three hours, I think, or pretty much three hours long. Yeah. And there's so many scenes where the lighting is just so off, like they didn't color grade it uh, correctly because they didn't think of putting it in afterwards. Right, uh, which is which is fair. I mean, Sure, but they could have put in the extra mile and, you know. I'm sure they've corrected it now in the latest 4K release or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but uh, there's so many scenes, I think they just didn't work with the pacing as well. But it's interesting to see them nonetheless. But yeah, I mean, one of the greatest trilogies ever Got, had to be in there. Yeah, certainly. I expected it to be on your list. Yeah. I rewatched them in the cinema like a couple of years ago, the extended ah, versions. Yeah, right. But for me, if you, if, you would, if you were to tell me like one scene, I could not tell you what film it's from. Like these kind of films, oh, really? I don't know what. Yeah, I'm so. This, it's like a, my um, brain's like a, a sieve when it comes to Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I enjoy them. I thoroughly sure. enjoy them, but I'm not really retaining much of it. <laughs> uh, which is not nothing, not you know. I don't want to say anything bad about the films because I really do enjoy them. But um, I got to rewatch them again to really sort of like pretend like I know what the fuck is going on. I mean, so much happens over those three movies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. fair, yeah, it's like ten hours or whatever, almost. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. I watched all three extended movies in one sitting. Yeah, when I was a kid, big mistake. What is <laughs> big mistake? <laughs> uh, so, what's your number seven? My seven. Um, 
now I don't, you know, speaking of like best sh- uh, shows or whatever, it's we're now talking about the best things we've ever, we've ever seen. But I'm always like hesitant to say this is my favorite show ever. It certainly mm-hmm. was for a few years. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it now, but um, it's got to make the list. Uh, it's Scrubs, of course. Gotta. I completely forgot about Scrubs. Yeah, uh, you're not that big a fan, right? I like it, but I think it's a fine sitcom and i enjoyed it very much when i was younger but it's nothing that i feel myself drawn back to now yeah i'm not really going back to it now uh, either uh, mm-hmm. i did like, like a couple of years ago i sort of started rewatching it but i only did like the first uh, season mm-hmm. but i think um i thought about this beforehand and i think this was the first show that i'm that i was really like invested in while it was still going on like i was uh, uh you know, eager to see the latest episodes even before they were out in Europe. You know, it was always like a, like uh, going through YouTube and trying to find clips of, of the latest <laughs> sure. season or whatever. Um, you know, it was it was. Uh, I was just hooked on that show, and I think it was the first one that it, that really really grabbed me. And also, mm-hmm. like with um, I mentioned quoting certain lines before, whether it's The Office, <laughs> whether it's um, uh, Clockwork Orange. Uh, scrubs for me i had definitely especially with my cousin um we really mm-hmm. bonded over that show and um this was back in the day when we when i watched it in german i've watched mm-hmm. it of course uh, yeah. since in, in english but uh, we just we were just quoting that um show to each other every time we saw each other mm-hmm. and um you know same thing again with shows difficult to sort of uh, be concise and sort of talk about the, but I didn't like the last season when they were all like gone, obviously. With, let's talk about sort of the main thing when everyone was still there. Right. JD, Elliot, Turk, Dr. Cox, all of them. I don't them. think I ever finished it, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a, an, a new cast with some uh, cameos from, from certain actors in the mm-hmm. last season. But it was really not as good as the other ones, let's just <laughs> say that. It's not such a weird decision to even go on after that. You don't just I think pull they were, the plug and make yeah, an amazing uh, ending. They had like some issues of like switching between like networks and then mm-hmm. maybe like, I can't remember exactly, but uh, I, I think the last season wasn't that necessary. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with Elliot. Definitely one of my first TV crushes. Um, I love JD. I love his relationship with Turk. Um, that whole musical episode stands out to me. I don't know if you remember that, where they're professing their guy love to each other. How you, you don't that? think so? No. There's this patient who uh, <laughs> hears everyone like uh, she's got like a I think a tumor and that right yeah 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 uh, apparently everyone sings in her mind uh, mm-hmm. which I've watched that so many times that whole episode um, and you know another scene which is one of my favorite comic scenes ever is JD obviously with his <laughs> apple teenies yeah, I knew you're, you were going to yeah say that. have we talked about this before <laughs> yeah 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 dude it makes me laugh so much. Uh, him like at the bar where he he he's with Elliot and Melody, and they're both mad at him, and he's got to pay for an apple teeny, but he <laughs> only, he only has a hundred dollar bill. I don't want to quote the whole thing now; I can't do it justice. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's just great. I right. found another fiber. Take that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I just you know scrubs for me. Doctor Cox, iconic. It uh, mm-hmm. just. Yeah, falling in love with all of the characters, really. And uh, I just, uh, it really, really, uh, I, I watched this so many times as well. Like, whenever it was on, I I, I watched an episode. Same. Because yeah, it, it was always on. <laughs> it's one of those shows, yeah, that you come home for, uh, to from school and then just turn it on like that, or Simpsons was always on. And yeah, yeah you should watch with your friends or your family. 
Uh, there's right. also a couple of scenes that I remember quoting back to my brother so many times back then, of course, also in German, but when he is uh, imagined being at uh, at, at uh, Turk's wedding and he's being asked, dude, you have the ring? Just pull the, pa- uh, the camera pulls over to him. He's just in this ridiculous costume with like a hundred rings going, it's got to be one of these. <laughs> <laughs> so many flashbacks of him and Turk, it's just, which are just great. Them, them back yeah. in college, or, it's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. Love it. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Obviously, they're doing a podcast as well now. Like, oh, know. really? Of course. Who isn't? <laughs> yeah, but they're really successful. They, they like they they're doing podcasts on every episode of Scrubs mm. and sort of rewatching it and having guests on and talking about each every episode. It's it's great. Nice. Yeah. I mean, we got to mention this one more time. You met the guy once, right? Yes, I talked to. I actually asked him a question. Yeah, Zach Braff. Yeah. I kickstarted his uh, first, no, his second. Uh, film like the, the his second directorial film mm-hmm. and um yeah, yeah he invited us to london to for a screening and afterwards it was a q a and he actually picked me out of a crowd of people who were like raised their hands and i was like are you asking me like, I, like mm-hmm. are you sure you're pointing at me and i was like yeah yeah you, you, you. And i was like i couldn't believe oh. it couldn't believe it oh that makes my heart yeah it was, it was great times. it was great yeah 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 um <laughs> yeah <laughs> love it yeah what's your seven uh, my number seven is probably the oldest movie on this list. Okay. Um, it is Seven Samurai ah. from 1954. Did you put it on at number seven uh, purposely? That was just a great coincidence. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I put something else at my number six and I put this at my number seven. And then I thought about changing it, but it was too perfect to change it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Seven Samurai. I think most people have heard the title, but I don't think most people, or at least a lot of people, actually know what the movie is. Because it's quite an old film, it's over three hours long, I think three and a half hours. So I get it why most people haven't seen it. Yeah. It is a movie by Akira Kurosawa, one of the best directors ever, uh, one of my favorite directors at least. And he's been influential to so, so, so many other directors, if it's Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, or of course, uh, of course also George Lucas, who based uh, his first Star Wars movie quite a bit on one of uh, Akira Kurosawa's movies. And Seven Samurai, it is set back in the olden days, in the 16th century, uh, where samurai still roamed Japan. And a group of samurai uh, who are without any liege wander the land and then get hired by a village who are attacked uh, by, by bandits. And it's their job to protect them. And it's an amazing movie. It looks amazing. It is crazy to think what went into making this movie. I mean, Akira Kurosawa, he's done a lot of uh, old samurai movies which i absolutely love honestly but there's so many i mean it's a black and white movie back then and there's elements that are in so many kurosawa movies such as rain scenes and it looks amazing here as well uh, towards the climax of the movie and i think most people won't give this a shot if you're not really into movies just because it is an old movie it's quite fucking long it is in japanese so it's over three hours of reading subtitles <laughs> But it's so fucking worth it. I wasn't sure about it, but I really loved um, Japanese history, so I thought I'd give it a try. Uh, and I've watched pretty much every samurai movie by Akira Kurosawa now. And it stars one of the greatest Japanese actors from back then, like Toshiro Mufuna. Um, if you have seen any old Japanese movie, you know his name. He's been in pretty much every Akira Kurosawa movie, same as Takashi Shimura, and also Tatsuya Nakada. Nakadai. <laughs> That dude, he's been in most Akira Kurosawa movies since then, especially his biggest ones like Ran and Kagemusha. He's played the leading role. 
And the funny thing is, in this movie, he has one scene where he just walks across uh, the screen for like two seconds. And the funny thing is, it's the first collaboration between Akira Kurosawa and him. And apparently, Akira Kurosawa walked over to him and screamed at him for like 10 minutes for the way he walked. <laughs> <laughs> He started a beautiful relationship. Yeah, Yeah, he's never going to act in anything ever. Uh, But then, yeah, he became one of his most uh, important collaborators. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing. The choreography, just the acting, it is so well done. The stories behind it, since Kira Kurosawa is one of those directors, just like Kubrick, who's an immense perfectionist. And like I said, it is about them protecting a a town of, uh, uh, of farmers from bandits. And apparently the nails weren't right in the set because they were not uh, period appropriate so they had to tear down the whole fucking set and rebuild it from uh with techniques that were appropriate for this 16th century and actually planted rice fields (laughs) wow Uh, and just had to wait for such a long time for natural rain to come and stuff like that it's crazy but it just really pays off it looks so fucking good and i love this movie so so much yeah you've been trying to to get me to watch this for years yeah it, it, this is one of the, we're going to get to another one, I think, as well, but um, it's one of the embarrassing omissions, as in I haven't even seen <laughs> them yet, you know? Uh, but right. I've been, like, the whole Kurosawa filmography, like, the movie that I'm probably most interested in would be Rashomon. Mm-hmm. But other than that, none of them really tickle my fancy. Now, I need to watch them, obviously, right? Right. Because they're going to be great. But um, I've been sort of putting them off uh, up until now because, you know... I, other films had priority or whatever, but I, I, I know how great they're supposed to be and I know, how, I know that everyone loves them and I gotta give them a go for sure. Dude, give me a call, come over, we'll watch yep. them at my place, I got them all on Blu-ray and the thing is, uh, I you know, was looking for a couple of Criterion Collection movies and where to get them and then I saw, of course, the streaming service that Criterion has that's only available in the US, yep. those fucking bastards. You know, maybe with a VPN you can do something about that, but I looked through their filmography because you, because you can see all the things that they have on there. They've got the, you can go through their genres and what the genres is just samurai movies. Dude, I've never <laughs> been so aroused in my life. <laughs> when I saw this, I definitely saw that, won't dude. be coming over. <laughs> dude, I, dude, Forget I gotta about that. get that. Forget I gotta that. get that fucking streaming service. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So that's my number seven. Yeah. Uh, all right. My six might be on your list. Maybe. Mm-hmm. The one um, commonality. Let's go. My six is The Hunt. Mm, it's not on my list. It's not on your list? You're, but you're I get saying it. it you're saying it as amazing. if it couldn't have made your list possibly. Uh, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. Like I said, I had like my top eight pretty much figured out and then was only right. my number nine and ten. And I do love The Hunt, but I've only seen it once. And I think everything I have on my list, I've seen at least two or three times. So, yeah. Didn't even think of it. Yeah. Uh, the Hunt, we've never talked about this film. I think we, maybe we've briefly mentioned it, but we've never really talked about it. Yeah, maybe. Couldn't have made a list, really. Uh, may, or may, has, have we talked about this? No, right? I think we might have mentioned it when we talked about Mats Mikkelsen, when you talked about Riders of Justice, but only very briefly if we actually did. I don't remember. Yeah, maybe. The Hunt, a Danish film, obviously starring Mats Mikkelsen, uh, about a guy who gets, um, like, who works at a, uh, I don't know the English word for this. Uh, like a Elementary school? Yeah, I think it's before that, right? Like just a, a kindergarten. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. Daycare. Day daycare kindergarten. Yeah, and one of the uh, girls there uh, accuses. Well, sort of like 
uh, she's <laughs> mad at him, and to get back at him, she sort of pretends as if he uh, undressed in front of her mm-hmm. for without any like. She just says it to uh, to uh, get him into trouble, to get Matt Smith mm-hmm. into trouble, because he didn't do that. But it spirals out of control because he then gets the um, he. Everyone thinks that he is a uh, obviously a, um, what's the word pedophile, child molester. Pedo- yeah, all of, all, <laughs> all of them, all of them. <laughs> a but terrible it, human being. Yeah, a terrible human being. But and it's it's sort of um, it's it's set in this local community, a very small mm-hmm. town, and uh, everyone uh, neglects him and uh, he, he he can't. How can he prove that he? didn't do it mm-hmm. there's no way of proving that and for me when i saw this the first time I, I i watched it because it was on some sort of imdb list of highest rated foreign films on mm-hmm. imdb and i watched it and i was just i was just blown away so much so that i was actually hesitant to rewatch this for years yeah. because it. it was so burned into my mind and i did rewatch it now a couple of maybe a couple of years ago i, I showed it to a friend of mine and after I saw it the second time, I think it's the I think it's my favorite performance of all time. I think it is. Um, the little girl is just great. Mads Mikkelsen is as this desperate guy who's trying to get his life back together, but not knowing how mm-hmm. he can do it. He obviously has a son as well, who he sort of uh, realizes everything that's going on, and he 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 um has to deal with that too because his father has got that bad re- reputation now as well and um the uh, kid uh, who accuses him is uh, his best friend's daughter right mm-hmm. i think i remember that correctly yep. uh, played by thomas bolarsen his friend i think <laughs> <laughs> and their whole relationship of them like of the father of the girl sort of neglecting him and uh you know, it's not just neglecting, it's, it gets violent too when he goes grocery shopping, people are beating <laughs> a, him up. Yeah, definitely my favorite scene for the whole film. Yeah, dude, my f- favorite in quote-unquote is when they're going to church. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is it Christmas Eve? It could be, yeah. And it's just, dude, I, I can barely talk about this, but it's, 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 um, Matt Mickelson Lucas is his character's name. He's sitting down and everyone sort of either ignores him or looks at him with disgust. And you can see it in his eyes, and he even goes like after like ten minutes or whatever, he just goes like look into. He, he confronts uh, his former best friend. He just goes like, mm-hmm. look in my eyes, look in my eyes. There's nothing left. There's nothing mm-hmm. in there anymore because he he just he lost he lost everything. To me, that whole film it's it it's one of the most affecting pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. Uh, th- directed by Thomas Winterberg. Now mm-hmm. Thomas Winterberg, I, who did Druck recently. I think that's about. where we talked about it. Yeah could very well be yes um but if you haven't seen the hunt it's 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 a tough subject mm. but it's it's so it's so good i love that film dude i completely agree i think that's one of the toughest watches of a movie at least back then when i watched it uh because i remember my brother bought it on dvd at some point and then i watched it as well and it's so tough to watch, and I think that's the reason why I haven't rewatched it since. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it again. It's so fucking hard to watch, even though I know the ending. But also, the ending is r- fucking. Uh, it just fucking leaves you so dead inside in a way. <laughs> just, yeah. just you, the film just still rings in your ears and just resonates with you even after uh, it's done. 
uh, it just stays with you for such a long time and it still does and i think yeah i think that's probably the most uh uh, endorsing thing, uh, thing you can say about a movie is that you think about it and I think uh, years later and I think it's been close to 10 years that I've seen it yeah so yeah Absolutely. amazing movie you're right incredible could have easily because I've already looked ahead at my number four and I was like mm-hmm. why did I put this above The Hunt but anyway <laughs> The Hunt could easily be a top five film for me and it, it might be you know difficult to right. these things but um, absolutely love it yeah. yeah what's your six uh, my six is something that I've talked about before so I I'm going to keep this brief. It's Over the Garden Wall. Now, this was a Netflix recommendation once, right? Because I don't think... A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk about this. I don't think we talked about it in depth. Haven't we talked about it since at some point or something? I expected uh, this to under, be higher for you as well. Again. The under 50k rating episode, maybe? I don't think it qualified. I think it had just above that, right? Or maybe... I don't remember. I'm, yeah, either way, Over the Garden Wall, it's an animated show. It's a mini series that aired on i think cartoon network back in 2014 i think uh, it's made by patrick hale who hasn't done anything big since as far as i'm aware but it stars elijah wood and melanie linsky once again two uh, <laughs> names that i've already mentioned or at least melanie linsky uh, but it also stars actors such as christopher lloyd and john cleaver uh, sorry john cleese and it is a show that i didn't expect to love but i fell in love with so hard so fast uh, since I just came across it just searching through uh, for something to watch, something at all. And I clicked on it by accident, pretty much. Like, okay, let's give this a shot. It's 10 episodes, 10 minutes each. And I watched it in one sitting, I think. And I loved it so, so much. It's a, it's a, it's the story of two brothers who get lost in the woods and t- suddenly end up in a very weird place with talking animals and monsters and beasts and have to find their way home. And it's, less straightforward than you would think it's not just them trying to find their way home but also just the event- adventures and people they meet there it it, it kind of seems like a kid show at times but it's way darker than that and from the music that's sung in this uh in this show to just the, the animation style and the voice acting is so amazing and has this very weird vibe to it that i love and i think more people have seen this than i expected but i think it just there's obviously more love than that. And you haven't seen this, right? I still haven't seen it, no. All right. To my shame. <laughs> That's all right. There's so many things that I haven't seen. I, I have, I've looked this up now. Uh, you haven't talked about it because it has less than 50,000 ratings on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But I think you excluded it on the underrated special because we had talked about it before. Could be. I think that was what it was. Maybe. Yep. Um, yeah. But I, I, have... I, need to, I need to watch this, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things that go over you had the first time you watched there's so many subliminal messages in there and uh so many so much backstory to characters and names uh, that makes so much sense once you finish the show that i don't want to spoil anything but i think it's the like i said it's 10 minutes 10 episodes so i think i would watch this in one go it's like a movie and it's so heartwarming especially towards the end so fucking good <laughs> I, I mean i even went as word the main character for halloween you did yes you did i saw the picture <laughs> yes so yeah that's my number six right short and brief just like the show <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's your five my five is whiplash you just sound like borat my five my five <laughs> very nice whiplash ah oh, that's one of my favorite recommendations of yours that you ever gave me thank you i think we watched that together right i, I you watched could it. be yeah i had seen it before and i showed it to you mm-hmm. at my place, I think. Could yes, be, yeah, yes, yeah I yes. think so as well. 
and I was so tense to, like the last like t- twenty minutes. If you have, if you've seen the film, you know the scene I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I was just my heart was fucking pounding the second time I watched it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. Uh, Whiplash we've never ever talked about in this podcast, and um, I, I, I'm happy to get to talk about it now. Uh, speaking of g- great performances, J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. him winning the Academy Award for this. I remember this. I was like, I was so happy about that mm-hmm. because it's again one of the best performances I've ever seen. Miles Teller as this up-and-coming drummer who gets uh, accepted at Schaefer University, I think. I'm pulling these names out of my ass. I <laughs> uh, think that's right. Uh, Isn't his name Schaefer? I think his name is Fletcher. Fletcher, right. J.K. Right. Simmons' name, yeah. And he's this notorious uh, music teacher who in the beginning seems very, very nice and for, uh, and uh, accommodating to uh, uh, Miles Teller's character. But then it uh, very soon becomes apparent that he's uh, a tyrant and mm-hmm. he uh, has his own unique ways of getting the best out of his students and also the worst, you know, very mm-hmm. controversial methods of chucking chairs at them and sort of uh, insulting them and screaming in their faces. But this was obviously, I think, the first feature. Well, th- he did Guy and Madeline on a park bench, but this was like the breakthrough film for Damien Chazelle. Mm-hmm. He now did La La Land, First Man. Now his next film is going to be Babylon. Babylon which I'm looking forward to. But um, Whiplash came out in that time when I discovered my love, my true love of movies. This was during like 2014 with uh, Nightcrawler, with Birdman, with mm. Gone Girl, with and Whiplash was right in that time. And I remember being really hyped about it, hearing a lot of great things about it, and then, and then finally being able to watch it. I was just blown away by it. I was blown away by how it looks. I was blown away of how fast it was paced. Like there's not a dull moment in that, in that film. And uh, I was blown away by the performances. And towards the end as well, um, like in terms of musical ability that Damien Chazelle possesses, obviously, him, him being able to convey that to put that on screen. But the way Miles uh, Teller learned how to play drums is incredible. And the way mm-hmm. that uh, J.K. Simmons sort of embodied that uh, guy who uh, you know, really goes over the edge uh, to achieve <laughs> his, his goals is uh, remarkable. And it's just... it's. It's it's almost I hate to say that word, but it's it's close to a perfect film for me. <laughs> I get it, and it's cool to finally see uh, J.K. Simmons in a leading role because he's been the the supporting actor in so many things, at least that uh, that I've seen. Well, he was still supporting actor here, but sure, a but big role more, yeah, yes, a way bigger role than than usual. And yes. yeah, you're right; it's amazing him playing the, I suppose. Uh, Stanley Kubrick of, of music. <laughs> yeah. Being an absolute prick, but making amazing music. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, so many great scenes in that film. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's such a tight yeah. film. <laughs> it's, a, it's a kind of movie. Uh, I mean, I am the most unmusical dude you will ever fucking meet. Uh, from, I don't know, being able to sing or play music or whatever. Uh, but when you watch the movie, you feel like you know something about music and you feel like you're really into it. And it's, dude, that, that's that's so cool. And you just really feel the beat. And I'm the most fucking, un- I have no fucking rhythm at all. Uh, <laughs> but it just makes you feel like you're there. Uh, like you kind of feel the music, the way he plays with sound and the, the ticking of the of the drumsticks is really fucking cool. Yeah, for sure. It kind of reminds me of Uncut Gems from that really fucking fast paced. That franticness. Out, yeah. yeah. But I think it's it's I don't like it's it, I don't think it's that long of a film Whiplash. No, it's like ninety minutes, right? Yeah. No, ninety four uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, an, an hour forty six. Four. Okay, 
but Anka Gems to me, that's a, it's this, I, I know exactly what you mean, but that's mm-hmm. on top of that, a pretty long film too. And, mm. and uh, Whiplash really goes by rather quickly, I think. Yeah. Love that film. I get it. Yeah. Nice. What's your five? Uh, my five is something that I've talked about, I think, at some point, uh, or at least profess my love for it. It's the show Futurama. Wow. Yeah. I did not expect this to be higher than like Over the Garden Wall, for example. Wow. Yeah, the thing is, I think Over the Garden Wall is like a 10 for me and Futurama is a 9 just because there's so many more episodes and some are better than others. Right. It's not perfect the whole way through, but Futurama is the show, I think I've mentioned it a hundred times, the show with which I learned English. My very broken English to hear today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because, yeah, it's the show that my brothers used to watch and it's the show they started watching in English and I was younger, so I was kind of forced to adapt, right? Uh, and I started watching this not getting a word of it at first, uh, but kind of learning along. And it's just, I can watch this still. And I still watch this like once a year probably. And it's just fun every fucking time. It is, of course, created by Matt Groening. Groening? Groening. I never know how to pronounce his name. The, yeah. the creator of The Simpsons. And now it's said uh, in the future, in the year 3000, where a guy who has not done anything with his life, pretty much a loser, gets accidentally frozen and wakes up a thousand years later and meets a couple of aliens and robots and he used to be a pizza delivery guy but now he's in the future and he becomes a package delivery guy <laughs> but now he's a spaceship uh, and it's hilarious one of the funniest characters ever from Fry the main character to Bender who I think has been quoted a million times now the alcoholic robot and yeah it stars along others Billy West who plays like half the cast and I think he's one of the most talented voice actors ever and I mean, voice acting isn't a whole uh, type of acting in itself that gets overlooked so many times. Yeah. But it really shows you the talent of that dude. Like characters that I had no idea until I was like 16, 17, 17 that those were uh, actually voiced by the same guy. And also you got John DiMaggio, who's been in so many other things. If you watch a lot of animated shows like Adventure Time, he also has a, a, a documentary on who who's line no was it who who's that voice i think is the documentary that he did i've only seen parts of it but it's very interesting of what i've seen right and katie C- Sagal, i think her name is from uh uh what's it called a family um fuck. married with Why, children married with children thank you so much yeah who plays the wife there and she plays leela tarangalina and yeah it's one of the funniest shows ever i mean it's got so many iconic characters and i think there's so many fucking memes out there from fry holding out his money and saying shut up and take my money <laughs> yeah uh yeah Did i you absolutely say love it you watch the whole show once a year not maybe the whole show like 140 episodes jesus like at least half the show at least okay, yeah i mean the thing is i don't always watch the whole episodes because right. i often watch it when I go to sleep, uh, there's something I need to uh, like to watch something before that. Sure. So I watch like one or two episodes and then fall asleep. Like background noise as well by that at that point. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. I get because also I just know most of the episodes sure. like f- by heart. So there's nothing that I miss, and uh, I just listen to the scenes uh, with my eyes closed at some points, and I still know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I mean, again, unfortunately, it's, but I'm kind of like the, uh, the odd one out here because <laughs> neither did this grab me as a kid or now. Mm. Like, I, don't, I didn't watch The Simpsons a lot when I grew up. You know, it's, 
these kind of animated shows never really grabbed me whether it was drawn together or american dad or futurama or drawn together that's a that's a shout out of a show that yeah. i'd love to rewatch the most fucking i'm sure i'd appreciate yeah. it now <laughs> i honestly think i would appreciate the humor now than i like and especially i never saw it in english mm. when it was on it was always in german but it never really grabbed me but uh, i know how much how, how beloved futurama is i mean check it out it's both on i think prime and on disney plus yeah i'd love to say i will but uh <laughs> <laughs> well i will you will yes <laughs> right so that's my number five one right. of the most influential shows ever for me as a kid um what's your number four it's one of the most influential movies i've ever seen <laughs> oh, okay. no it's absolutely not <laughs> um i don't I, like looking at this now i said it before whether i don't think like this might not be the fourth best thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna stick with it uh, because it is a movie that I keep coming back to, even though it is three hours long. Oh wow! And it's—I'll say this again because it's the best thing I've ever seen. It's gonna happen with almost every pick. It features one of the best performances <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, I know what's what and you're about to say. It is the, the Wolf of Wall Street. I know it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of right. course. I mean, we talked about this on the DiCaprio special for obvious reasons. <laughs> Once um, again, I would like to retroactively put this as my number one because I regret putting the Was Departed. it The Departed again? again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened with The Departed? You fell out of love with it? I still love it. I haven't rewatched it since, but I think it's also just the DiCaprio movie. And we talked about DiCaprio, yeah. and I think it's way more his movie, and I think the performance is just better. Yeah, it is. It is so good, man. And mm-hmm. um, I really. Um, I said this on the on the DiCaprio special. It, for me, it is a three-hour film, mm-hmm. obviously directed by the great Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. So many great actors in this too. Jonah Hill is fantastic. Margot Robbie breaking through. Um, I love Kyle Chandler in the film. Matthew McConaughey. He is iconic. I misquoted the scene in the DiCaprio special that really bothered me because <laughs> he, because he goes like, "Those are rookie numbers in this racket," and I said "bracket." Bothered the oh. shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the little <laughs> things that annoy me, you know. Sure you gotta pump those numbers up um but dicaprio steals the show and it's a three-hour film but there are so many iconic scenes in it that you you, you watch it and you know you can look forward to the next great scene uh, mm-hmm. that's gonna be like in the next 10 minutes or whatever and we could quote um him taking the quaaludes and falling down the stairs we could <laughs> talk about the orgy on the flight right matthew mcconaughey that's the best scene, his chest yeah. yeah oh dude amazing scene and him trying you know going like uh, sell me this pen him first meeting mm-hmm. jonah hill of course so many <laughs> scenes so many scenes um and i just it, it it's the best scorsese the best modern scorsese film i think yeah. um because yeah. it, it's just such a bonkers right. film, obviously based on the true story of Jordan Belfort, the broker who went crazy and, uh, you know, well, not like went crazy, but had a crazy life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Scorsese just directed the hell out of this, but DiCaprio, his performance is just, and everyone's saying this, but he really should have won for this. Uh, yeah. I, I just love it. I just love it. And this is also, like, I keep this, I could put this on every time, you know, I could just keep coming back to it and just... Uh, even if it was on TV and I, 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 don't, I don't have a TV anymore. I don't watch TV, but you, this is sort mm-hmm. of like something, if it is on TV, <laughs> I'm going to stick around and watch it. And the thing is, yeah, like you mentioned, Jonah Hill, I think that's the first time I saw Jonah Hill in a serious role and just recognize his talent for the first time. Moneyball? I haven't seen Moneyball until okay. after I saw gotcha. Wall Street. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely. And I think one of the scenes, I don't know why, I mean, so many times when I think of this movie and I think of funny scenes, 
uh the scene that i think i didn't notice as much the first time i saw it just comes back to me is where jonah hill like you said meets uh i think jordan belford uh dicabria's character and they just smoke crack behind the bar <laughs> yeah yeah love it love it yeah <laughs> <You> love that <laughs> i don't know why i don't even remember what they say but i just know it's funny well he's just like paranoid dicabria keeps right. it over his shoulder yeah. if anyone's there <laughs> yeah uh but yeah of course yeah the the leg crossing scene uh with the teddy bear sure uh, so many iconic scenes in there you're yes. right and i remember watching this in cinemas and yeah it's three hours long but it went by fast yeah i just love it man it starts off with i mean yeah no, <laughs> we can go on and on about the scenes but i remember i think one of the one of the first it's not the first scene but one of the first scenes is him like uh there's like you basically see someone's behind and then he mm-hmm. just uh, appears from <laughs> from below and he just has like a he just sniffs cocaine out of it or something like that. That really sets the tone for the film, you know. But <laughs> right. even got Rob Reiner in there. Rob Reiner? Oh, dude, that's, that's the dad. scene too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Talking spent $50,000 on that. I don't know if that's the right dollar amount. But yeah. And then there's just that like cracking up. It was expensive dinner or whatever, right. expensive champagne. <laughs> it's just everybody shaved now. They get lazy yeah, yeah, yeah. down there. Have you seen this? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we even got one of the most iconic scenes, I think, in the in the intro back then. The I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. yeah. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. Love yeah. It. <laughs> Love it. We, 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 which, yeah. um, unfortunately, doesn't apply to this show right now. <laughs> yeah. We are fucking leaving. We're fucking leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. What's your okay. four? Uh, a movie that I've talked about extensively uh it is a rival of course so it is i i won't bore you to death i just just uh, the fucking basics i mean arrival by denis Villeneuve, one of the best sci-fi films that i've ever seen the best sci-fi film of the 2010s uh, or at least the 21st century uh, century i suppose yeah um it is amazing from both directing uh and uh acting and what i just love most one of the things that i just love about this movie is just the music and the sound by johan johansson yeah it's amazing it just embodies the movie's mood and uh, story in a way that you just hear that sound and you immediately think of the aliens and the ship and everything that takes place there um yeah movie that i didn't expect to love as much i mean yeah. i said it so many times but i didn't love it even as much the first time i saw it because i nearly fell asleep because it started like midnight <laughs> yeah and i was so fucking tired and i had to pinch myself to stay awake literally <laughs> i actually pinched myself to stay awake. <laughs> um but i think the, yeah. sort of the big the big um uh, thumping noises or like the hans zimmer like music sort of uh Start like it, that. It helps you not to fall asleep, right? When Actually, it kind of rocks you to sleep. It just really the, the, the constants are <laughs> for some reason <laughs> really put me to sleep. Kind of white noise, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a movie that gets better every time I watch it, and it's the movie that I re- recommend to everybody who hasn't seen it immediately. If somebody says, "What's like your favorite film?" That's like in my top three, four movies. Yeah, I'm ever. surprised it's only four. I I know of. Mm. two others I, that are going to make your list but the third one will be interesting i think my f- number f- four is higher uh, arrivals higher than my number three yeah but there's just so much nostalgia connected with my number three that i had to put it there gotcha 
But uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Arrival, yeah. I remember you. I mean, you saw this so many times in cinemas yeah. when it came out. Uh, like four times at least, yeah. yeah. And I've seen it since, and it still works for me. I think it, it's a great film. I said this on the, on the special. It's the opening, especially, that just gives me goosebumps every fucking time. And like I said, I've seen it so many times, I can almost quote it line by line, that yeah. intro. But it still works. And it, yeah. I, I mean, the, I can't say a lot about it because I've talked about it so much on our special. Uh, if you're interested, check that out. There's so many other great things that we talk about there. But yeah, yeah, that's my number four. But I echo it. It's one of the best sci-fi films of the 24th century. That's for damn sure. And Denis mm-hmm. Villeneuve is a genius. We talked about him multiple times as well. Yeah, just uh, because it's such an original uh, approach to the the whole genre. Yep, it is. And Amy Adams is great. Jeremy Renner is great. I love her. Yep. So I fell in love with her with that movie. Yep. Yeah, she is great, and it's a it's a great film. Definitely, right. So uh, my three, three, we can yeah. s- sort of sort of skip as well Ooh. because we talked about it before as well. But it had to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> what was <Okay>. that? <laughs> I just uh, had to laugh at the word "but." I know you did. Um, <laughs> my three, and it should have been number seven. Uh, <laughs> it's seven. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Of course. Yeah, I uh, rewatched the first hour, like last mm-hmm. couple, uh, like three days ago. I didn't get to finish it, but um, I've seen this so many times, and it is um, directed by my directing hero, David Fincher. Mm. And we've talked about this before as well. I'm not going to bore you too too long with this, but um, <laughs> leave that in. Leave that in. <laughs> How dare you? Want to cut leave that, that in. <laughs> Perfect timing. I don't want to bore you just completely <laughs> off to the side, sniffing his nose. Love it. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, I, I didn't mean to. Uh, didn't point it out for that reason. I just thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> you can still cut yeah, I'm it. I'm gonna to go some, again. You can still cut it to keep some. Jesus, right yeah. into the mic. Thank you, <laughs> Mamma Mia. Definitely cut it now. <laughs> um, right, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt teaming up to solve. Jesus Christ, what's going on with you? Dude, there's something in my nose. Yeah, let's keep it. Let's get it out. Let's get it out. I think I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) You can cut this. You can cut this. Um, Right. Morgan Freeman, uh, the old um, uh, detective now in his last week uh, on the job, teaming up with Brad Pitt, up and coming detective who transferred to the city. They're teaming up, and it follows one week, seven days of them figuring out who the hell is this guy who keeps killing people. and goes about doing that with uh, the theme of the seven deadly sins. And um, if you haven't seen the film, I'm on this episode. I'm not going to spoil uh, who else shows up in the film. I'm not going to reveal too much about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I've always struggled to um, to um, sort of really eloquently profess my love for this film because mm. it, I, I think it's really just one of the best or the best crime mystery because mm-hmm. it it works due to the emotional side of it Gwyneth Paltrow plays a huge part in that I think she's phenomenal in the film if she and if she wasn't as likable and uh, believable and real I don't think the whole story would work as well as it does mm-hmm. I think the villain is iconic and perfect and I love the dynamic of Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt but also of course the premise with the seven deadly sins it is a gruesome film it is yeah. horrible to watch it's got People are talking about sort of the most horrifying scenes. The Seven uh, is part of that conversation, definitely with the sloth victim. Yeah. Uh, but also the gluttony victim and definitely the um, 
lust. Lust, mm-hmm. dude. Horrific. And it all plays in your right. mind, but it's, it's horrific. But mm-hmm. um, I love the premise, but I also love of how much the premise sort of guides the story and how the film ends. Andrew Kevin Walker wrote it, who's now writing the latest David Fincher film, The Killer with Michael Fassbender. I can't wait oh, for that oh. collaboration again. I love that they were able, because Brad Pitt, I think, was the guy who was like, the studio wanted to change the ending, and Brad Pitt was mm-hmm. like, we gotta keep the ending, because the movie, that makes the film. And it really did, no. It really yeah. does, yeah. It's just the way it looks, the typical Fincher fashion, I love it, and uh, just the story itself is just, it, it blew me away the first time I saw it, and I, again, I can just keep coming back to it. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, the, the, that handful of great detective movies. Yeah. There's so many movies that try to be detective movies, but either you figure out who the killer is too soon or it's just not that riveting or it just comes off as uh, so over the top. But no, this is just one of the great mystery detective movies. You can kind of put Gone Girl in there as well, just from a thriller standpoint, talking about uh, Fincher, but yeah, it's, yeah, I completely get it. And it's just so, and I love Gone Girl, could have easily made my list, but um, it's just so meticulous. I think that's, a perfect way to describe seven from a filmmaking point of view, whether it's the Easter eggs, whether it's the significance of the number seven, whether mm-hmm. it's every shot, the way they, sh- especially I keep uh, re- referencing the ending, the mm-hmm. way he, pr- he frames the villain as opposed to uh, the guy who's sort of losing control right now. I lo- it's the little things, but whenever I watch a Fincher film, it's like every single scene feels like it's there for a reason. And uh, seven is a prime example of that. <laughs> I just gotta point out that this is on your list and it's another movie gonna make a list of which I thought you might exclude since you kind of hinted at that uh, uh, is Social Network gonna make your list well, but we'll you're not gonna say we'll okay. get to it we'll get to it yeah okay 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 interesting what's your three my three is Donnie Darko surprise surprise three? for anybody who knows me that's my number three what is gonna be your uh, well, I'm, who knows? I'm blanking. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, Donnie Darko, it's the movie that, that I think really, really awoke my uh, love for films again. Uh, I watched this when I was like, yeah, 15, 16, and I watched this movie, I think, like 15 times in three weeks. I think I watched it at least once a day for at least for over a week, sometimes even twice. Don't know what was going through my head back then. Uh, I didn't have a lot to do, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but I fell in love with the movie. I fucking everybody who had to talk to me back then had to hear about that movie, and I still love it. It is that fucking teen movie that I think I just needed. At that, it was there at the right time, uh, at the right place. And I think most people know what the movie is about. But it's this thriller of this kid who suddenly sees somebody in a bunny costume. It's more of a hallucination or maybe a vision or whatever he has. Uh, of that bunny telling him what to do while he's sleepwalking. Of course, played by the great Jake Gyllenhaal, who we've done a uh, special on. I've talked about Donnie Darko extensively there as well. But uh, yeah, that really, I think, also kickstarted his career back then, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And it's also got Jenna Malone, who has done not as big a role, of course, as um, he has, but she's started, of course, uh, for example, The Hunger Games, or uh, I think it was... Uh, Pride and Prejudice, and you got Patrick Swayze for some fucking reason, which is one of my favorite act- uh, sorry, casting choices in this movie. Yeah. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the whole vibe of this. And there's, like you said, also with Seven, there's so many details that 
every time you rewatch it, you finally notice. And uh, it's quite complicated, especially if you haven't seen the director's cut, which is the definitive way to watch this movie. The other cut is okay, but this actually made the director's cut just makes it into the movie that it is. And it can get quite confusing, especially with all those extra scenes. But still, after the first time you watch it, you have to see it again. There's so many things that you then finally notice and can put together. It's the kind of movie you would which you can see with your friends and then everybody can just discuss and might have a different idea of why the ending happened the way it did, uh, which is, I think, one of my favorite parts about it as well. And, of course, you got a very young Seth Rogen. <laughs> it's his first... Isn't that the first? His first, first role ever, yeah. I think. And I think his first line ever was, boobs. Yeah. I like your boobs. <laughs> it will be his last as well. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely, yeah. Most likely, yeah. Um, you, we watched this together, right? um i oh, we uh, did yeah we did yeah you showed me whiplash and another movie which i'm not going to say because it might make you list and what did we the, see oh dude exam <laughs> no no uh, oh. as well what, what did we see uh, it's not gonna make my kiss list. kiss bang bang oh yeah could have been my list. it's it's not a list, but it could have been oh cool yeah. yeah i thought it might um and i i showed you during darko yeah i remember it well i remember that whole evening well afterwards we went to down uh, to the pub downstairs. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> knows where to find us. Yeah, well, we, we're uh, not going there anymore. <laughs> I haven't been there in a while. Yeah. Um, and I just noticed, I always write down my picks, of course, who directed it, maybe a couple of scenes that stood out to me that I want to mention, and sometimes the actors, just for the heck of it, uh, yep. in case I forget in the moment. And instead of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I wrote down Donnie Darko. <laughs> <I just laughs> well, he is Darko, he is Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. I really yeah. enjoyed it too. Yeah, yeah I'm I mean, so glad about you that. have more uh, of a of an affinity for it, and mm-hmm. you've watched it so many more times. But um, I can certainly understand why. Yeah, and I gotta say, uh, like I just mentioned, my four could be my three just from the better movie because I think Arrival is a better made movie. Uh, Donnie Dark was very much an indie movie when it came out. I think it had a budget of like two million, which is an indie movie. Yeah. So there's so many little things that, of course, just don't look as good as they could. But I think with the budget that they had, I think they worked quite well uh, with what uh, with with the means that they had and yeah it, it was a teen movie for me and i still love it every time i rewatch it it's been a couple of years now not as much as i used to back then but uh, it just meant so much to me back then and i think most people that have talked to really enjoyed this movie maybe not as much as i did uh but I, yeah yeah i think it definitely sort of oh sorry no no go ahead I think it sort of created like it, it's it, it became more popular over time. I don't know how right. successful it was right away, but it certainly has like a little bit of a cult following now. Yeah, I think especially with the re-release of yeah. the director's cut, it really took off because I think the original movie came out in 2001 and then the director's cut in 2004 and then they showed it again in cinemas and it really picked up steam again. Yeah. It's Richard Kelly, right? Who directed it? Yeah, who hasn't done a lot since. I think he's done The Box with uh, yeah, Cameron it, Diaz, which I still haven't seen. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it either, but I've, I, that, that's been on my watch list. It's an interesting premise. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah. That's my three. What's your number two? I'm quite excited, actually, because I... Ah, okay. You think it might be on your list, too? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. How could it be? It's just because I think one thing is going to make your list pretty sure uh, but i have no idea what the other thing could be so yeah well my two is uh, a film that i don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast oh i love it um <laughs> i think maybe my two is apocalypse now 
Mm, wow. Okay. I mean, fantastic fucking Not movie. what you expected? Uh, I knew you loved the movie. I didn't know you loved it as much, but I, I get it. It's I've, fucking yeah. fantastic. I've really, like, there's many reasons for me loving this film. I, like, from the time that I watched it, for the first time, a lot of things have happened because they're, they've re-released the final cuts in theaters. Mm-hmm. I have written a bachelor thesis on the whole production um, <laughs> of this film based on the production issues and production hell that this film um, dealt with, which was documented in the documentary Hearts of Darkness, which you uh, teased, not knowing that this was making <laughs> yes. this was going to make my list. Um, so Apocalypse Now, um, it's the more times I saw it, and I watched it a couple of times as well in order to write the thesis, of course, and I really sort of uh, dived deep into the making of and everything, I really appreciate this film even more and i i love it um obviously a vietnam film starring martin mm-hmm. sheen as uh, i think it's ben willard who gets sent Ooh. to the deep deep jungles um to find marlon brando's character uh, Luter- mm-hmm. uh lieutenant kurtz um who apparently went mad and uh, it is another long film and it is a very mesmerizing film and it is a very yeah. slow film as well of him like going, taking a boat and figuring out where the hell that guy is, figuring out what the hell happened to that guy and obviously figuring it out, figuring out what everything means and uh, making sense of the whole situation and uh, then dealing with Brando and his madness towards the end and... Um, it's a very philosophical film in that way as well. Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. And especially because for me, what, what, what puts this movie over the top, it's, it's a generic um, element of filmmaking, but it's never been done as good as here, which is the narration. Mm. The way Martin Sheen's character, Martin Sheen, which I've figured out as well, or I read that actually the narration, a vast majority of, of the narration is done by his brother, Mm-hmm. because he was sick he had a heart attack during the film he couldn't couldn't do that mm-hmm. um but the whole narration it's so close to the mic and so literally in your head when you're listening to it yeah it is so mesmerizingly great to me i love it so so much um, yeah i love yeah. the way you described it that it's in your head because it really feels like there's a voice in your head describing it to you like a descent into madness the whole trip there's so many times where people talk about movies, also like when we destri- uh, described Ad Astra for sci-fi special, yep. where you compare it to this movie because it's just more about the trip and how you get there than it is actually about going there. It's, it's For example, like Law of the Rings, it is about this fight between good and evil, and it also has a lot of those traveling scenes, but it is more about that fight in general. And here it's really about that journey and finally getting there, and if it is even worth it going through that hell. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a perfect way of describing it, as you just said. It is a descent into madness, that film. Whether or not it's, it's the characters who are descending into madness, as in Marlon Brando, maybe also Martin Sheen a little bit, mm-hmm. but also like the whole story for the audience is a little, a little bit of like a descent uh, into madness. And, and the characters they meet, like the French, for example. <laughs> yeah, which is a scene that's cut out during like the theatrical release. Like that's oh, a, really? I think maybe it's shortened or cut completely, but there's also like there's many, there's a redux cut, there's a final right. cut. It's kind of like Blade Runner in that sense. There's so many different yeah. cuts now. I've only seen redux and final cut. Yeah. I, th- I think, I hope I'm not, I think in the original one, that whole scene is not even in there. Maybe it's okay. cut. 
but it's definitely... I only knew about the the tiger scene that was cut from the original. I think. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, it's like with it, like it, it, it all gets mixed up. I can't mm-hmm. quite remember right. what is in which version <laughs> now. But uh, the production element of it, it which was so, uh, which is why the whole thing is it's got a documentary because the whole production was such a nightmare. And I'm not going to go into mm-hmm. everything because that would I could talk about this for a very long time, to, <laughs> yeah. having researched the whole thing. Watch the documentary. It's just fantastic. I think it was um, Francis Ford Coppola's wife who documented the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether or not it was weather problems, whether or not it was problems with actors, whether or not it was problems like uh, being like healthy, Martin, um, um, Martin Sheen obviously having a heart attack, Marlon Brando mm-hmm. arrived uh, much m- m- more weighty than he um, <laughs> uh, said he was going to be. And that's why he had to shoot him in like shadowy uh, scenes the whole time because he didn't want to... Um, Brando didn't want to be portrayed as a fat guy. True story. And all of the issues that Coppola dealt with, um, and Mm -hmm. he even goes like uh, that his film is about Vietnam, but kind of the production, they shot it in Vietnam too. It kind of, which is a bit like overstating it just a little bit, but he went like the kind of production was like, it's not a film about Vietnam. It was Vietnam. (laughs) And I kind of see what he, obviously, you know, I'm not comparing it to real war, blah, 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 but he's got a point. He has got a point. It's really remarkable filmmaking. So many people already got really fucking sick on the set, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And it was like a drug Crazy. trip too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the, it's one of the, the most. Fa- yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most fascinating behind the scenes looks. Like you teased with the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. It certainly applies to Apocalypse Now. Um, right. It's it's phenomenal and it sticks with you. It really does the whole film. Uh, and obviously, the Doors, the soundtrack. This is the end. Mm-hmm. Just right. Iconic, perfect. iconic, yeah. and perfect. So, so good. And it's such a profound film. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And so many little actor cameos. I was like uh, Harrison Ford in the very beginning <laughs> or Ford. James Duvall. Uh, uh, Robert Duvall. I'm Robert sorry. Duvall. Yeah. yeah. Robert. Which is the iconic scene. Of, I, love, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Mm-hmm. It smells like victory. It smells like victory. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dennis Hopper as the photographer. Mm-hmm. Went right. Completely mad. Uh, I mean, I could go on. But, um, Dude, yeah, yeah, I love the pick. I fucking love it. One of the best movies, right? So I think good, if man. we're going just more, even more objectively, not just what movies like me to us personally, yeah, it's one of the best movies ever made, probably. Yeah, and it it it, it just uh, yeah, the narration is just so good, man. I just love yeah. a good narration. Nice. I love, I love Martin Sheen's voice, even though it's not his voice. <laughs> he's <laughs> his also he's done some voice acting, and it's also very fun, good. Yeah, no, it it, it really it turned his life around, that dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't. Um, distinguish between his and his brother's voice it's mm-hmm. kind of remarkable i heard about something i think tom hanks right i heard something about him today that most scenes where he's running in forest camp it's also actually his brother doubling for him oh wow yeah and i think he also did something i think on toy story or something was also their voices are so similar <laughs> he was doubling for for woody yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting how this works. Like, I, I, as well in certain scenes, uh, like wide shots of Apocalypse. Now, that's not Martin Sheen, but his, his but his uh, brother. Mm-hmm. Remarkable. You wouldn't notice if you didn't look it up afterwards. Yeah. Nice. What's your two? So my number two is kind of a, a, a kind of a complicated pick, to be honest, <laughs> because I was thinking about what should make my list. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I didn't want to pick like multiple uh, movies from the same franchise or that were too similar just to keep the list a bit more interesting. So I kind of grouped a whole lot of movies together with my number two, which is uh, Hayomi Miyazaki movies. (laughs) And to kind of expand on that, I especially mean uh, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke and 
Hull's Moving Castle, my three mo- uh, favorite movies by his, um, which is actually my favorite kind of changes uh, from every time I watch them. I think currently it might be Princess Monoke, so uh, I guess you could put that as my number two, but the other ones had to be my top ten favorite movies of all time. Yeah, but, I don't you know, know. I didn't, I didn't want to like talk about two similar movies. Uh, I get it. I don't know why. I, I, I completely... F- I, I, like. If you had asked me beforehand, I would have mm-hmm. named you your top three. And I, for right. whatever reason, completely forgot about uh, the Miyazaki films now. Of course, they're <laughs> number two. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is animated. Of course, that there was something animated in my top three. Uh, but those are the most beautiful 2D animated movies out there, in my opinion. And I watched them as a kid, and I think they worked also when you were a kid. But they're actually quite fucking dark. And there's so many messages and uh, like backstory to characters and scenes and locations that you wouldn't get when you're younger. And the whole um, moral messages of, for example, uh, pollution that you get with uh, Hayumi Miyazaki films such as, yeah, uh, Spirit Away, Prince Monoke, uh, Ponyo, and so many others. And he is just a legendary filmmaker who's retired multiple times, has come <laughs> out of retirement just to make some of the best movies ever. I think he first retired after... Princess Monoka and then came back out of retirement for Spirited Away and that came out in 2001 and he's retired twice since <laughs> and he's come back out of retirement every time and he's about to bring out his new movie in a year or two I think Yeah, and I'm so fucking excited for that and it is just my childhood I've mentioned with Donnie Darko how many times I've seen it I think the movie that I've seen most times except for maybe Love the Rings is Spirited Away I watched this also like pretty much every fucking day when I was a kid. I remember watching it three times in one day with my brother, <laughs> having a blast every fucking time. It is just my childhood. And it's uh, so much of it is based, of course, on Japanese folklore, uh, which is just such a beautiful thing to just also put into visuals. That's, well, of course, also because we're, we're European, it's not something that we've grown up with as much. And then you see those creatures and they look so. Uh, fucking dangerous and vicious but also cute and interesting like there's so much story behind each fucking character yeah and like i said i i I really like japanese history which is something i know not a lot of people are into but i love it and if you really go into that you and you kind of finally see um all the details that are put into princess mononoke who actually the, the the main character is and how much that is based on history and so many little details that I just love and I've watched them so many times and I still love them. Like I said, I've seen them as a kid and they're they're perfect movies for me. Those are 10 out of 10s and not just because I love them, but also because I think they just could not have been made better. From yeah. the music, which is just haunting, uh, which I still listen to from time to time. I think it's quite popular uh, in general to some of the most iconic characters. I think Totoro, uh, for example... Is also in so many things uh, marketed so many times, but I think most people who have seen those characters just immediately recognize them and know what they are and yes. have so much uh, connection with those characters. So yeah, that's why they're my my number two. Uh, how many of you them have you seen? I've seen the 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 big ones mm-hmm. uh, about fifteen years ago. Okay. <laughs> that was the last time I saw them. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> so it's wow. a bit of a vague memory. But I was just about to say, uh, you even have uh, have it inked on you, right? 
I do. I yeah. actually have a tattoo of the of No Face from Spirited Away. That shows <laughs> that shows you his real life. Uh, his, his real life. His real love. <laughs> um, but I was going to say uh, as well. Uh, you you mentioned that um, obviously you're very much into, into Japanese culture, but these right. films, even if you're not like big into Japanese culture, people love these films, and uh, like I feel like a lot of our generation have watched and loved these films as well. I don't think you have to specifically like be a, a movie. No, no, not movie. at all. I think you you just pick up on some of the details, which make it even more enjoyable over the years. Of course, um, to just find. I I rewatched uh, Princess Monoka. I think this year or last year. Yeah, and there's so many things that I never fucking realized, uh, and so many little details. And I think there's even more that I'm going to 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 see the next time I'll see it. Yeah. So. But no, you don't have to have any prior knowledge, of course. I didn't when I was a kid, but I, it just made me fall in love with it even more. Yeah. I feel like um, it, it's kind of like all of these movies, they're really magical in a way. Even yeah. though I haven't seen them in such a long time, but I know how beloved they all are. And I remember just looking up clips or whatever, there's a certain magic to those films, whether it's the music or the, the mm-hmm. kind of originality of the stories. But also like the kind of uh, leaps they take. Like These are like intricate stories that... Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's yeah, I I totally get it, man. I just I haven't seen them in such a long time. Fair enough. I think the the only thing that people shouldn't be put off by. I think some people might think those are kids' movies if they've never seen them before and they're like in, in you're in your twenties or thirties, uh, which they really aren't. You should really give them a try if you have if you've made it this far into your life without seeing a single Hayao Miyazaki movie. This is your chance. I think every single Ghibli movie is on Netflix right now. Okay. Netflix Austria, that is, of course. <laughs> I think in all Netflix, because okay. I think they acquired the distribution rights, or at least bought them for some time. Gotcha. So yeah, that's my number two. Uh, some of the best movies that I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm in surprised my entire life. it's not your one. I mean, I think could I know be. your one, but sure. Ah, it's so difficult. Yeah. It's so I think it could be, but also because it's multiple movies, I didn't want to have multiple movies as of my course. number one, because that's too vague. Uh, so yeah so what's your number one what is the best thing that Flo has ever seen the definitive question of this whole podcast yeah. well I, I've answered it before haven't I yeah. <laughs> and I'm surprised so. I'm surprised you thought I might exclude it you said you might limit it to one director a couple uh, 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 first of all dad and uh, you said you might exclude a couple of films that you've talked about before and go more what is the best movies, not necessarily your favorite ones. So I yes. wasn't sure. And then you <laughs> talked about another thing was like, oh, right, right, okay. right. I actually think that uh, the social network is not only mm-hmm. my favorite thing I've seen, but it's for me, it's the best thing I've ever seen too. So that kind of, it, it applies to both. Okay, fair enough. For me, it's the definitive movie. Um, and I've, <laughs> you know, everyone's <laughs> laughing when I say this and I kind of like, sure, the Facebook film. And I've talked about this before on the Fincher special. It's my favorite director. It's my favorite screenwriter, Aaron Sorkin. It's my favorite composers, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that I'm such a, you know, you don't have to be a Facebook fan or whatever. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh, and it's really, it's, it's not about the app itself or the social network that is Facebook itself. It's about the creation mm-hmm. of it and the struggles that uh, that creation brought with it. The dynamics, uh, the friendships that um, uh, got destroyed in the making of it, the pacts that were made during it, the lawsuits <laughs> that ensued. Yeah. Um, I when it, from the first time I saw this film, for whatever reason, it it completely sunk its teeth in me, and I I, I remember that I rewatched it 
so, so many times, like every other week or month or so. I just, it's one of the few films that I can mostly quote along. Um, mm -hmm. And I just, I just love it. I love Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I, I think Andrew Garfield, he's now kind of like, everyone's talking about Andrew Garfield for the various films he's been in this year. He, to me, he's never been better than in The Social Network. He's just phenomenal mm. in this, and especially, especially in the confrontation scene towards the end. Um, I like Justin Timberlake in it as Sean Parker, uh, which is a surprising cast, uh, a casting decision, but uh, it worked completely for me. Um, I loved the, um, the theme, the main theme of the piano notes in the background give me complete chills whenever <laughs> I hear them. I love the first hacking scene when uh, he creates face mash because he's mad at mm -hmm. Erica for dumping him uh, and he goes about uh, ranking girls and putting them up against each other and therefore crashing the Harvard network. And uh, he just, in his defense, he feels like he pointed out some pretty serious flaws. So he, he feels <laughs> like he needs some appreciation for that. <laughs> oh, he, goes, what, he goes like, um, as, for, uh, the, as for the other part, I feel like I pointed out some pretty serious flaws in your system or something like that. Oh, what, did, what does he say exactly? Uh, <laughs> no idea. She goes like, um, I don't understand. He goes like, which part? <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense if you don't know. I've quoted it terribly. He feels like, what does he say? I feel like I uh, pointed out some pretty serious uh, flaws in your system or something like that. And I feel like I deserve mm -hmm. some recognition for that from this board. <laughs> That's what he says. He goes, she goes like, I don't understand which part. <laughs> uh, love that scene love that film um, yeah I've talked about it before and I feel like you know I've said my piece on it um, no, but I get it I mean it was for me it was also surprising just to see Jesse Eisenberg in such a role because I mainly knew him from Zombieland and yeah. stuff like that I mean yeah he's, he's great and I've, I've loved him ever since I really do thoroughly enjoy his whole filmography mm -hmm. and that kind of stemmed from the social network that's for damn sure I get it. So many, yeah. so many great scenes. Like if you listen to the to the audio commentary of Fincher too, he points out these great little moments. Uh, I want to give one last shout out to Andrew Garfield when he's like first meeting Sean Parker. There's this great, mm -hmm. like really, like he's just um, sort of sinking back into his chair when he realizes that Sean Parker sort of like uh, puts him off and sort of mm -hmm. only wants to talk to Mark. And the way that uh, Andrew Garfield just falls back into his chair like really slowly mm -hmm. Fincher pointed out that, that that was his favorite um, acting scene of the whole film or whatever and I just love these little nice. things that you wouldn't even think about but then the director points it out and you're like yeah that's that's right that's absolutely that's absolutely genius yeah yeah I gotta say I, I think this kind of speaks for you uh, that you actually know what you what you're talking about with movies because like I said it might be surprising because a lot of people just associate it uh, as uh, with like the Facebook movie but uh, can I look over that it's not just about Facebook, it's not just about the story. It, yeah, it is about the characters and it is about the great fucking filmmaking behind it that I think a lot of people don't even notice the first time they watch it, either because they're casual movie watchers, which there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Yeah. But um, they just don't see it at first. Uh, like you said, also the music, the music notes, if you really pay attention to those, it, it's riveting. It, it makes the, the movie so much more alive. But if you just watch it, uh, I don't know, on a lazy... I don't know, Friday afternoon because you just want to watch something that might just uh, go over your head and uh, you might lose uh, the, the appreci uh, appreciation you might have had um, else. So yeah, I kind of get it. Well, yeah. Why you would say this is one of the, not just your favorite movies, but one of the best movies because there's so much great filmmaking that's just in there that you might not notice if you're 
well, if you don't waste your time with it as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Let's move on to your uh, nice. number one. Uh, yeah, the the best thing that I've ever seen, one of the, my favorite things that I've ever seen and didn't think I would because it's a bit of an older movie, but uh, it is The Godfather, especially part one. Is it Okay, it's part one, yes. I'm okay. going to say part one is my number one, but I love The Godfather part two as well, but I didn't want to put this on my list as well right. for obvious reasons. But The Godfather part one is my favorite movie of yep. all time. That's wh- that's how I got to know you as well. <laughs> I think it was either Donnie Darko, Spirited Away, or um, Godfather Part One. Probably all of those. Yeah, <laughs> but this is yeah, a, this we... a nice uh, Marlon Brando uh, special episode, right? Yeah, I love <laughs> that you had uh, in there uh, because yeah, of course, also Francis Ford Coppola, yep. the director, just really speaks for his filmography, dude. And I don't want uh, ple- mm, uh, sorry, just uh, to put it in, he's he's coming back. Is he? He's, he's making a new film. Kate Blanchett Jeez. is in it. He's gotta be in his mid to late eighties, right? I don't know. Yeah, but he's he's coming back next year or whatever. I'm so excited wow. for this. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm excited as well. Yeah. I mean, The Godfather, it is often quoted as one of the best movies ever. I think it's like the number two best rated movie of all time on uh, IMDb. Yeah. And so many other sites. Pretty much the best scores anywhere you go. And there's a fucking reason for that. This movie I said this movie a couple of other movies, and this was also in my the time where I really appreciated a lot of movies, where I really saw more than just an, an, an entertainment for the next two hours, but just saw filmmaking. And with what I saw with this movie was some of the best fucking acting that I've ever seen. Also, of course, Mon Brando is always, uh, you know, he's always got a shout out with one of his greatest portrayal of, maybe not a villain, but a, as an anti-hero, I suppose, as Vito Corleone, with some of the most quotable lines. Yep. But I think it's just, Al Pacino in his role with some of the greatest fucking lines, especially towards the end, where he screams at his wife, played by uh fuck fuck fuck. Uh Annie Hall, what's her name? Uh Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, thank you. Um don't ever ask me about my work. Is I think one of the most chilling fucking scenes that I've seen in the movie. Yeah. Which don't uh, include violence. Just the way he screams her and hits the table. And just locks her out is so fucking uh, bone chilling. It just really gives you goosebumps. It's just the transformation of that character is crazy. And back then, I was fascinated with the the mafia for some reason. Uh, I mean, it's it's still (laughs) a fucking fascinating topic if you think about it. And I love the mafia games and stuff like that. (laughs) 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 I really did. Yeah. Uh, But. I mean, I think that's also the movie why most people uh, like. I uh, think the mafia is so interesting and kind of reawoken that mafia genre. I, I think it was back then one of the movies that kind of popularized it again. I think, I mean, there were movies like that back in the day, like in the 1930s, I think it's called um, Public Enemy Number One, or what was it called? There's those old gangster movies. Yeah. But really brought that back with some of the best performances ever. Also, James Kahn, of course. And in the second part, I don't remember his name sadly, but the the bro, uh, the actor who plays the brother Fredo, John Cazale, Cazale, Kupi, John Cazale, yeah, yeah, also amazing. Uh, Rob Duval, we already mentioned. It is a long fucking movie, but it doesn't feel like it. It tells the story of the son who doesn't want to be part of the family business. He thinks he's not. Uh, he he's all of this is beneath him and. He finally made it out of there and just through fucking tragedy gets pulled back in and slowly fucking loses his soul 
and it's so fucking good. I mean, I've even read the book afterwards, oh, wow. um, which the movie is based uh, by Mario Puzo, uh, which actually the book kind of encompasses both the first movie and parts of the second one, at least the flashbacks of how uh, Vito Corleone came to America. Right. And I gotta say, good, mo- uh, good book, but even better movie. It just improves so much on the source material and everything from how the people look to the soundtrack. I mean, what an iconic soundtrack. Yeah, what an iconic film, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really a staple of American cinema. It is. I mean, yeah, it is one of, the, one of those movies when you say, what is one of the best movies ever made? One of uh, the most influential movies ever made. Uh, this is going to make most lists. And yeah, yeah, it makes my list. And it's so crazy that, uh, it, like, compared with, with Francis Ford Coppola, he, he directed this, mm-hmm. and then Apocalypse Now a few years later. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the track record that that guy has is kind he of remarkable. He was on fire. Yeah, insane, uh, insane. After that, I don't know a, a lot of his other movies, to be honest. Well, The Conversation is pretty great mm. uh, with Gene Hackman, but I'm sure we're, like, there's got to be... Bram like, Stoker's Dracula, I think yes, he did. Yes, that's uh, right. Haven't seen it, though. The Rainmaker with Matt Damon, I like that mm. film. But yeah, not just obviously just with the outsiders, Rumblefish. Uh, a, a couple I haven't of, seen that. Couple of love to though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I'm sure he would agree that he kind of peaked with Godfather. With whole probably, maybe let's exclude the third one. But uh, <laughs> Godfather and Apocalypse Now is just insane. In my head, uh, the Godfather three never happened. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just it's an iconic film for this, the first one, and especially for Brando. I think the reason mm-hmm. why like everyone associated, oh, the, the first thing that comes to mind with the Godfather, I think, would still mm-hmm. be uh, Marlon Brando's performance. Obviously, yeah. in the second part, he's played by Robert De Niro, which is kind of a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, another great actor that's yeah. in the same role as a younger, uh, in, holding like flashbacks, as you said. And they both won their Oscar and. Al Pacino didn't, which is, I think, just a fucking snob. Uh, I love that uh, Mon Brando won Best uh, Actor, or at least won an Oscar, but he, that he won in Best Leading Role. I think he really wasn't the leading character here, and I think uh, Al Pacino, who was laid down uh, his best performance ever, and Al Pacino is one of the best actors ever. He's done so many fucking good movies. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. Couldn't, I knew this was going to make you listen. I couldn't... I couldn't I, I, I'm going to say I couldn't agree more, even though mm-hmm. you love it as much, uh, more than I do. But I certainly love it too, and um, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's a staple of American cinema and of cinema in general. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're and more so into many... that gangster mafia genre than I am. So maybe I love that's, it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's true. And there's also so many like things that with like directors' commentary and other stories. We've yeah. also connected with the real mafia and like also funny things with them like mooning each other over the course of the movie. <laughs> Two very different. Uh, one's <laughs> the mafia. One's just destroying <laughs> each other's asses. But like Luca Brasi, the, yep. the hitman, right? I remember. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a real mafioso guy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about you had one of your picks was also like that conversation with that maf- mafia guy, right? What was that again? One mm. of your regular picks. Um, what was it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was with uh, the guy from from Donnie Brasco, uh, right, interviewed right, right. by uh, I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael or something. Right. Yeah, dude. What can we say? Yeah. What a film. Yeah, and what a list. A, what a list. definitive list of Defin- the best <laughs> things that we've seen. It is set in stone. These are the best. It has best to things be. ever made. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. What about honorables? What do you got? Um, I don't have a lot. Okay. I mean, there's so many great things, of course, and I could go. I could tell you like a hundred movies that yes. i love and that i uh, would recommend to people but what actually 
struggle to make it on my list was it was either between Clockwork Orange or City of God, which is also one of my favorite movies ever. Yes, of course, yes. But that's that's um, the only honorable. <laughs> I thought about Mad Max Fury Road because that's my favorite action movie of all time, and it's so fucking good. But I love it. But it compared to these other movies, it just doesn't stand a chance. It does stand stand a chance against Perks of Being Wallflower just from a movie mean. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, so I think yeah. I'm pretty happy with my list. How about you? What do you have? Well, I had as my number eleven, Crazy Stupid Love, and mm, I have yeah. written down like. 10 or 12 uh, things here. I'm just going to mention... Cool. No, I'm it's not going to cool, go yeah. through all of them. I'm not going to do it. I'm okay, just okay. going to go for the ones that really had a realistic shot of making it. Okay. Certainly Three Billboards. I love yep. that film very much. Nocturnal Animals could have been a contention. Mm. Uh, a film that I've seen once but has been with me ever since is Warrior. I think, okay. I'm not going to say it's top 10, but it is... It, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton one. Just mm-hmm. the ending alone just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. I want to give a shout out to Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> if we sure. say it nonchalantly, it's one of the best one things I've ever seen. One of the greatest cinema experiences in my life, at least. Absolutely. And then just Blade Runner, whether or not it's mm. the original one or the... Um, I thought about Blade Runner as well as yep. uh, my number 10 or something. Uh, but yeah, didn't make my list. I gotta say, also Jaws. I love that movie. There's so many, um, we, dude. We, we yeah, could list so like many other things, fifty yeah. other things here. Yeah, that it could have been in my top five. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah, they're all great, absolutely. And one thing that I have to say, I've, <laughs> I've written it down here. Yeah, the show that I've been watching for over a year. Yes, please. I want to know. I want to know so bad. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> God, there's so many words that I could say right now. I thought uh, about <laughs> I thought about cramming it in in order to fit it in this episode, but I'm still I'm, I'm missing one more season, right? And okay. I could have crammed it in, but I wanted to enjoy it. I'm being okay. so genuine here. I want to I just want to know you you were you're so cryptic with the show. Just tell me how many seasons are there because I'm not going to tell you. you a I'm long not going to tell you. And yes, because I'm enjoying it, and I'm really uh, really back into it now. But I'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it would make my list of okay. top 10 things I've ever seen. And I will tell you as soon as I finish it. And if anyone's interested in, if, I assume no one is, but if you're interested in, then send me a text message and I'll send it to you. Uh, Dude, my, 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 my theory was, I don't know. Go on. I'm not going to react. I think it could be The Sopranos because it's an amazing fucking show and there's like seven seasons of that. Um, right. Which could explain why it takes you so long. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I certainly, dude, whenever I started watching, from the first time I started watching it, I was like preparing of what I'm going to say on the eventual podcast mm-hmm. episodes because uh, I, could, I could spend like an hour on this alone from, this, yeah, from the crazy, seasons I've yeah. seen now. I just love it so much, but um, I still need one more season. I think it would make my list, but I, I, from, from my own um, enjoyment, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want anyone who has seen it and is going <laughs> to, you know, tell me anything about it, you know? Okay. But um, I'll let you know as soon as I finish it. Uh, Dude, yeah. looking forward to it. Yep, yep, yep. Let's talk about um, some people that we need to thank. Yeah, there's yeah? a whole list. Absolutely. Do you want to start? Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> although I think you should start because uh, you you said that you want to thank a couple of people and you told me who you got written down. And right. there's some people on there who really deserve a special shout out. Absolutely. We'll get to those in a second. Um, but I want to thank a couple of people. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, should we go with English pronunciations of the of the names? Probably, uh, you yeah. can b- do both. I don't know. Do both? I'll, I'll go English. I'll I'm going to go with probably German. Right. We'll see. I want to thank Sophia, 
Mm-hmm. I want to thank the both the two Maxes. I want to thank Fiona. <laughs> I want to thank Stephen. I want to thank my mom. <laughs> it's like I'm oh. accepting an award. <laughs> I want to thank God. Yeah, I want to thank God. <laughs> um, who, who else do you have? I don't want to steal any of yours. I, I got Stevie, uh, a friend. Thank you so much for watching the episode as well. Spinker, Magdalena, uh, Ben, Divert. Uh, thank you for like, coming <laughs> up to us. I want to thank Julian. <laughs> Julian. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, just uh, for you know coming up and like telling that you like regularly uh, listen to the episodes meant a whole lot, especially in the early days. Thank you so much to Celine for bearing with me when I was editing these fucking episodes over the weekend and wasn't up for anything else, pretty much. Um, yeah, those are on my list. Um, who yeah. do you have? Well, we got to do some special shout-outs. Yes. I want to start with Laura. Mm-hmm. She uh, was the one who uh, gracefully designed our cover design. Yes. Uh, she did it for no money. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we... I, either already paid her like already uh, paid for one drink or we still have to do that i think we still have to maybe we, we still have we, to do we, that. we treat her to a cocktail too yeah but we we just asked her if she could come up with something simple and what mm-hmm. she did was something that i could never ever imagine and mm-hmm. i think it's just beautiful so thank you so much for for doing that for us yeah um i want to shout out leon mm-hmm. i dude you uh, so i want to say thank you for the message that you sent or that you put in the comments last week I want to thank you for posting under almost every YouTube video and mm-hmm. um, just thank you for your kind words and, and your support. That that truly means a lot. And um, yeah, that's yeah. that's all I can say. And Big obviously, thank you for me as well. Yeah. Yes. And, and great to see that kind of support. Absolutely. And the other guy, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> and thank you so much to our friend Arthur as well, who also always gave us feedback and told us how much he liked the episodes, told us um, about some of his lists that he did um, when we did our specials. <clears throat> it meant so much to us to to have somebody tell us that they have been so immersed by it and to kind of been inspired to do their own lists and to talk about movies. We've talked about uh, movies with him a lot and we will continue to do so in the future and I'm looking so forward to that. But just thank you so much for sticking around and yeah, yeah. just... Telling us how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, also the message last week was... Was Was so sweet. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And I'm sure we forgot many people. Yes, Um, sorry about that. (laughs) I'm so so sorry about that. But um, to everyone who told someone else about the podcast, to everyone Mm -hmm. who listened to it, even uh, if you like just listened for a couple of minutes, to everyone who left likes under the YouTube videos, who um, Mm -hmm. put reviews on Apple Podcasts, everyone who just... uh, did anything in order to support us that really means a lot so thank you so much yeah thank you and especially first of all thank you for listening now but also just thank you for listening in the beginning where the quality wasn't oh, dude. great as both my audio quality wasn't as great but also just the way we talked i don't even want to listen back to this episode I, i'm nope. sure if i listen to this episode in a year i'm gonna be like who the fuck is this yep uh, <laughs> but still uh there's like night and day difference between some of these episodes and some of the earlier uh, earlier ones, I think. Yeah, I agree. Not that I, that I don't stutter or <laughs> lose <laughs> my voice, which voice? I haven't yeah. so far, but we've like a minute or two to go and I feel like it's coming on. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's it. Obviously, um, I, I want to thank you for doing mm-hmm. this. What a journey it's been. I mean, you've come, you you came up with the idea. I remember when you approached me, I think it was a very late night. You <laughs> called me like 11 p.m. or something and asked me if I wanted to go for a very spontaneous beer. Yeah. We went and you you pitched the idea to me and I loved it. And we talked about it 
and what uh, how we could do this and yeah a couple of days later we record the first episode i think remember when you could call someone and ask them to go for a beer good old times Dude. good old times <laughs> i think it's too like we started this in february of 2020 yeah it's crazy like I mean, the timing weeks. couldn't have been uh, yeah. worse because we wanted to do like a weekly like cinema update as mm-hmm. well. That re- didn't really work. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the whole podcast was during COVID. I mean, yeah. one of the great things that came out of it was the, the, just the, the option to record it um, over the internet, which yeah. I think is just so convenient, <laughs> which we didn't do for the first three episodes. Yeah, and it was also like for safety reasons. I mean, obviously, yeah. it, it just, I mean, as you said, convenience was the main thing. And yeah, we, that's why we continued to do it even yeah. afterwards when it became more of a possibility to do it in person again. Yeah, because the sound quality was also good. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, one little thing. Uh, I don't know, and this is not a promise, this is not an obligation. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, like <laughs> I mentioned last week, or you mentioned, somebody asked me if there's going to be merch. Uh, Maybe, maybe we're gonna do some uh, a couple of coffee mugs. If you're interested, maybe write us. We'll put a message out on Instagram or uh, Twitter if we get to do that. And yeah, hit us <laughs> up if you're interested in that. Maybe we'll do a limited run of that uh, as a commemoration that you were part of the listeners of the best thing you've seen podcast. And lastly, before we finish this, I just want to ask you one thing: What is your f- what's the best moment you've had during this podcast? It's such a tough question. Do you yeah, have yeah, one? Yeah. Have you thought of this? I don't know if I have a definitive one. I mean, one of the highs, of course, one was when Ricky Gervais retweeted uh, one yeah. of our episodes or something sure, like that, and we sure. thought we might make it now. <laughs> we, we, we might get like 100 listeners per episode, which would have been like a dream, um, yeah. which didn't happen. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Um, I don't know. I had a great fucking time during both the Gosling and the Gyllenhaal specials. Those are two of my favorite episodes. Yeah, dude, it's, it, I'm sure there's so many like little scenes, uh, little mm-hmm. scenes, <laughs> too many movies, uh, so many little moments uh, of like genuine uh, laughter and uh, enjoyment. But um, yeah, I can't think, I, I can't single out any, like in terms of episodes, I certainly enjoyed the Christmas special a lot. I think that came mm-hmm. out really well. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, proud and, and, and happy with with most of them let's just this let's just uh, disregard the matt damon special <laughs> but um yeah i love so, how you hate that episode. I, no, I don't i'm just kidding i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh yeah many many great um many many great laughs that's what i'll, what I'll take with with this and uh, right. if you can believe it or not they were not not really forced you know they were yeah. actually genuine uh, for 99 percent <laughs> of the time yeah <laughs> right yeah Right, um, this is weird. This is this is weird to end this. It now. is weird. You've said it. I, I thought were you going to tease when you said the merch that like you're not going to make any promises, but stay subscribed if we come back in five to ten that years as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, we might come back in a couple of years and drop a very random episode out of nowhere if we're very bored or there's a special occasion. But we'll yeah. see. Yeah, no yeah, promises. Yeah. This is more of a maybe than like a, a tease. Absolutely. I'll just say keep going to the uh, to the movies if you can. I think 2022 yeah. is going to be very exciting. I said that before. Uh, I think there's some very exciting things coming up. Hopefully, it's going to be a bit better. Happen in a month. Ha, yeah. Ha, ho. Uh, I, th- I think, and I hope it's going to be a better Best movie year than. Sorry. I think it's. I think it's the beginning of March. <laughs> oh, okay, for the end of February. Yeah. Um, uh, I yeah. think it's going to be a better so year so than well. last year. Yeah. Um, I hope that we can go, and it's not too bad next coming months because I've been quite hesitant to yeah. visit big theaters, but we'll see. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah, 
I mean, what, what, how, how do we end this? You I know. Cook something One last uh, thank you. I'm going to cook something good, I hope, the next couple of days. Uh, it's been a great honor. Thank you so much for listening to this fucking train wreck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> We've experimented quite a bit. We've changed the format a bit from time to time. Um, but I'm just glad that somebody listened. Uh, and I think what I can say, one of the best, some of the best moments that I've had with the show is some of the comments that you've guys written. And yeah, I think one of the greatest, uh, like the most humbling moments or just most interesting moments was when Arthur said he made his own list. I just loved that so much. Like I said, yeah, he did that um, every, every special, like before he yeah. listened to it, he, he, he saw the title, created his own list and then sort yeah. of, uh, yeah, incredible. That's some of the coolest things. Uh, and also, you know, the list by Leon for, for new years and the yep. year list. Yeah. Um, thank you so much that you did that. Did you put your time into this, that you actually enjoyed this show? Uh, it means so much to us. We enjoyed it one heck of a lot. And so many things that we got to see that we might not have. Yep. And yeah, it's been a great experience. Thank you so much that I, we got to do this uh, together, Flo. I loved it. I had a great time with you. And this is the last time we'll ever hear us. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end of the friendship. This is the end of the friendship. I have no idea. Uh, I have no I, I, idea. We needed an out, you know, and now we got it. I the had podcast no is over. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> no, wow, wow. I had a great time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, same, same. But we'll, we'll you, 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 dude, here's the way to end this. You'll see us at the movies, right? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Stay, uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Stay humble. Stay safe. Stay nice to each other, and uh, watch good things. Right? And cook something good. Alrighty. One last time. Bye bye. (laughs) 